I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Off Topic Hot Topic, a bonus episode of the Hunting Seasons podcast. I'm Damask Leary. I'm Broderick Gordis. The difference between you and me is that you can't see the difference between you and me. Off Topic Hot Topic. Uh That's whatever you were talking about for you. In case you don't know, Off Topic Hot Topic is where we talk about the headlines of the TV and entertainment world and discuss the stuff we've been watching, reading, playing and generally consuming. You should also know that we love getting topic suggestions from our listeners. So if you'd like to contribute a question, topic or story to Off Topic Hot Topic, you can do so by emailing us at contact at huntingseasonspodcast.com or tweeting us at huntingscast. This is also a special episode of... Off Topic Hot Topic. It's the first time we've ever done a review of a show that we might have done in a main review during our Off Topic Hot Topic. At the end of this episode, we'll do a mini review of Marvel's What If. We're also joined by unofficial third chair and best friend of the show, Paul Mitzi. How you doing, Paul? Good, thanks. How you going? Very good. Thank you. Friends. We're all friends. (laughs) Are we ready to get into it? Oh, what's been happening with you, Paul? Anything exciting? Anything cool? I got my second COVID jab today, so yeah, that is boy. exciting. Yes, so I might be able to bother you in person very soon. That'd be nice. Uh, mm. Yeah, let's do that, and then we can just poke fun at Damascus, who's stuck over in WA and can never leave. I can't <laughs> believe that I'm the one trapped in this scenario. <laughs> no, this trapped we don't in have a world any COVID where you can do whatever you want. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, That's... poor me. <laughs> oh, I laid out in the sun today, and I can go to the beach whenever I want. <gasps> Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel so bad anymore. Head- <laughs> headlines. Let's start with some top stories. The Wire and Lovecraft Country actor Michael K. Williams has died at the age of 54. Uh, this is very sad news, obviously. We, how mm. familiar were you guys with Michael K. Williams' work? He was in Community as well, wasn't he? He, he was. was. I was going to yeah. mention that as well. He was in Season 3 of Community. He was the uh, biology professor that year, um, which I won't say... W- it might actually be the first thing I really watched him in, if I'm being honest. Um, I think that's the thing I most associate with him with because <laughs> I never watched the other shows. <laughs> yeah, I guess because we've done The Wire and Lovecraft Country. Yes. And then, yes, Community. So I've seen those three things. I'm sure I've seen him in films and stuff, but yeah, very a, sad news. Absolutely. Obviously a very, very talented actor and mm-hmm. um, I, you know, created the iconic role of Omar Little from The Wire, who people probably most associated with, uh, with him. And it's very sad that he has passed so early. At uh, the same t- or similar time, Sex and City actor Willie Garson also passed away at the age of 57. Mm. Um, I am much less aware of this actor aside from the bit toward the start of the Sex and City 2 movie. Um, how about you guys? <laughs> uh, yeah, obviously watch Sex and the City. So, um, and, you know, he was uh, at the time one of the few like gay characters on TV. So. Mm. Yeah, uh, it is sad to see him pass. He was always uh, a pretty funny uh, character yeah. on the show. So yeah, he was Gotta a good Stanford. part of the show, and you know, always kind of every time Carrie was single or really dating big, and she needed to go to a party, he was he was there by her side. So it was a cute little friendship on mm-hmm. screen. Um, so yeah, that was sad to see that 
he had passed. And apparently going to be a big part of the new, uh, like, season yeah. of the show, whatever oh, it's really? called. Yeah. He was going to kind of, like, take the Samantha mantle and he was going to try and oh, kind wow. of dip um, in there. But, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen now. Well, they've yeah, ahead of ourselves a little bit. They've actually announced the release date of um, and what is it called? And... Just like that. Sorry, I, I can never remember the title. I think I it's mean, terrible, terrible name. Title. Terrible so, name. Um, I don't. I don't think it is an iconic light. I know everyone <laughs> says it is, but I'm like, no. Is no. it like featured in every episode and just like, or is that not a thing? I mean, she no? said it a bit. She okay. did say it a bit, but like, it's not. I feel like they thought it was a really clever title, and it's actually shit and impossible to remember. Sure. Yeah. But this is what this is what makes me wonder is like. Since they, we know that show is coming out relatively soon, have they already filmed the majority of his stuff when this happened? Because this is only the last month he passed. Be interesting to see what happens, um, especially with Samantha gone, him taking that role. And it doesn't sound like Mr. Big's going to be in it, or at least... No, he's in it. He is in it. Okay, right here. Okay. I wasn't mm-hmm. sure. I was like, boy, Samantha's losing friends left, right, and center in this show. Carrie. 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 I don't know. I honestly <laughs> don't care. Uh, also, some big news. Bob Odenkirk is back filming Better Call Saul after having a heart attack on set, which we reported last Off Topic Hot Topic. Uh, spoilers for HBO 2015 true crime docuseries The Dr- Jinx and Real Life, I guess. Guess. Mm. Robert Durst has been found guilty of the first degree murder of Susan Berman. Have you guys watched The Jinx? Yes, I recently rewatched it as well. Did you? That was yeah. good timing. Yeah, it was, it's it's a good it's a good series. <laughs> Have you seen it, Paul? Nah, I'm not a true crime person. If there was ever a true crime to show to watch, I reckon this would be the one. It's got one of the mm-hmm. best yeah. conclusions. Well, that's thing. It actually has a conclusion, which is so yeah. rare. You're like, whoa! Mm-hmm. But yeah, a real like kind of twist moment at the end where you're like, fuck, that's good. You, you... it's almost like. So perfect. You're like, is this scripted? Like, if it happened mm. in a show, you'd be like, that would never happen. But yeah, mm. apparently it did. And <laughs> now the guy's going going to jail. Uh, <laughs> as we men- mentioned at the beginning of our Kevin Can Fuck Himself season one review episode, Russell T Davies will be taking over from Chris Chibnall as showrunner of Doctor Who in 2023. Uh, Davies was showrunner of Doctor Who from 2005 to 2009, leading the revival of the show after it had been off the air for nearly two decades and presided over the Christopher Eccleston and David Tennant eras. Uh, I want to ask you, Paul, after having watched years and years and it's a sin now and become Mm -hmm. familiar with Russell T Davies' work, does this interest you at all? Like, is this going to suck you into Doctor Who now that Russell's taking back over Doctor Who? I don't know. Like, it, it definitely is a selling point. Mm. Um, you know, if you, I'll tell you, if if they put someone really sexy as the new Doctor, then you might just push me right <laughs> over the edge. <laughs> what's the guy? What's who's the actor from It's a Sin who's also in that band? Ollie Alexander. What if Ollie Alexander, which has been rumored, ended up being the Doctor? I'll, I'll watch it. <laughs> See, it's a funny thing. There's been, like, the people who already don't like the direction Doctor Who's been going for a while, the fact that the Doctor is currently a woman with Jodie Whittaker, have been saying it's like, oh, thank God, Doctor Who won't be woke anymore because we're going back to Russell T Davies. Guys, Doctor <laughs> Who was pretty woke when Russell T Davies was in charge back mm. in the day. You just didn't realise, and now it's going to be, tw- like, a ten times as gay. It's going to be so mm. good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, his first job... 
coming back as showrunner will be to figure out who's going to take over the TARDIS after Jodie Whittaker exits and Mm -hmm. then put together the 60th anniversary special, which I'm looking forward to because the 50th anniversary special was a very cool event. David Tennant came back when Matt Smith was the doctor, got some amazing revelations about the series. It was a really, really, really cool event. Um, Was that 10 years ago? It will be next year or 2023. Sorry, it'll be eight years ago. Oh, my God. That's so upsetting. It is upsetting. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's that's too much for me right now. Um, I also wanted to bring up remarks of Davies in recent years about how Doctor Who could or should have an expanded universe with multiple series running at once, which sort of like an MCU type thing and was the case to some degree when he was previously in charge because we had the Mm. Torchwood series and the Sarah Jane Adventures happening at the same time. And I just sort of wanted maybe your more opinion more on this one, Damas, since you're a fan of the show and Paul isn't. Mm-hmm. How you feel about that idea of like there being more than just the mainline Doctor Who series running at once. Could the show, could this universe sustain multiple shows? I think so. I think if we like reset that foundation and that kind of the popularity that maybe waned a little bit in the last couple of years yep. comes back. I think it's, yeah, totally doable. I, For what I saw of Torchwood, I thought it was a, yeah, a fun show. Um, it fit tonally. It made a lot of sense. We had a lot of kind of crossover moments, which was cool. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, this story, this world is built for that, really. Yeah. Um, just like, you know, comic books and Marvel and DC are as well. So, it, yeah, it makes total sense. I don't, I don't question that it could be done. Yeah, just whether they are able to put it together. Yeah. Yeah, you could do more Torchwood. You could do a series about Unit. You could do a series about previous companions and what they're up to, much like Sarah Jane Adventures. Mm. You could do... My personal dream would be to go and make a limited series or mini-series that you might do more than once about um, what the Eighth Doctor was up to. Um, Who... Is it Paul McGann? Who only got the movie... And then had that one little special, that like five-minute episode mm. that came out before the 50th anniversary special, which was fucking great and just made you realise how much we didn't get to spend time with that Doctor. If you could do some stuff about during the time war with mm. him, oh, I'd that love, would be a dream come um, true. like a Victorian kind of like detective series with like, you know that lizard woman and her yeah. lesbian lover? What yep. are their names? And, and Drax. And I cannot mm. remember their na- it's names off the top of my head right now. But yes, they but were I would cool. love that. I've, I, every episode they're in, I'm so happy. So and it would also be, cool. be an opportunity, like if doctors wanted to come back, like let's say Matt Smith was like, I'd like another go in the TARDIS. Like just throw some adventures that he had with a different companion between, you know, Amy and um, who was the one after Amy? Uh you know, that one, the one that everyone forgets. Um, anyway, yeah, like Adventures, I can't remember her name, Clara, Clara. Yeah. Between I was seeing Clara, but then Clara. I was like, was there another kind of whimsical woman that they brought in that no, I'm not it was remembering? But it was Clara. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. But you know, Adventures along the way with other people mm. or on his own or whatever it was and meeting new people. for Like, you mm. could, oh man, I love that idea. Some announcements. Peacock has given the straight to series green light on a pitch perfect show based on the trilogy of films. I saw Damask's face <laughs> make a grimace as I said that. Uh, I've never watched those movies. Mm. The first one I will stand by mm, is, a, sure. is, a, is a fun movie. Um, the sequels are pretty shit. Right, well, my only thing is that do we need a Pitch Perfect show, though? Is the, 
Like I don't. Mm. Mm, I, maybe some people would really love it. Sure, cool, good, good for you. Make it. Will I be watching it? Fuck no. Do any of these detail, details sell it to you? Adam Devine will reprise his role of Bumper Allen for the show. I don't know who that is. Um, Elizabeth Banks <laughs> will be producing. Megan Amran, who mm. was a writer on The Good Place and an Emmy for Megan fame, will be showrunner. Oh. I'm a pretty big fan of hers. That actually sure does interest me a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I'm not sure she's been a showrunner before. And I like the idea of her getting the opportunity. And maybe Pitch Perfect would be a good place for her to sort of like stretch her legs a little bit. Stretch her wings, maybe better. <laughs> no, I'd let her stretch her legs. <laughs> <laughs> stretch her wings a little bit and like try on that role. I think that could be... She's very, very good from what I've seen of Megan Amaran. So, uh, yeah, I, I, that that was the part that made me go, hmm, maybe. Uh, continuing the movie to TV adaptation news, IMDb TV, I didn't even know that was a thing, is working on a Cruel Intentions series. How many times have they tried to make this happen? I believe so, this is the third. Yeah, because the movie Cruel Intentions 2 is yes. actually the pilot of the first time they tried to do this. Correct. It, what? It's, it was shit, yeah. I didn't know um, that. Yeah, with, um, uh, what's her face? Amy Adams. Amy Adams in the Sarah Michelle Gellar role. Mm-hmm. And then um, <laughs> oh, no. recently, uh, I, think, uh, I think it was NBC or CBS, one of them, Tried to do one, and, and that was with, a sequel series because Sarah Michelle Gellar was in it, replying she her was role, actually but in a version. Yeah, yeah, and what? that there is they, a clip out, and it's it's like it's just trashy enough to make me go, I really wish this had happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't, if I move my camera a bit to the side, you'd see I have a giant cruel intentions <laughs> frame poster on my wall, original one from the original theatrical re- release. Um, it's one of my all-time favorite movies. I it's could watch a that very cool film. The more it's they think so, about that, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like they made it for me. How have you um, not put that in our film club list? You need to add that. <laughs> I assume that I would assume that everybody's watched it at this point. I haven't but, watched it in like fifteen years, though. Uh, okay, uh, I've yeah, it's probably it a, a good five years, maybe maybe longer since I watched it. But um, yeah, I bought it on DVD when I was fourteen, and then my dad. Banned me from watching it. He's like, absolutely not. This is not for yeah. you. Um, I, I will watch it. Whatever the the fuck this is, I will watch it. Mm. Um, I the would love is, it. Uh, it's a if- slightly aged up remake of the original movie. Where this, so step sibling sex and all, but they're in college rather than high school. So it's a mm. little less icky, if that yeah. makes sense. Slightly yeah. less. <laughs> but it's all the like moral ambiguity of the original is what kind of is. Oh, the that's what makes it, it great. Yeah. yeah, totally. Um, so I, I don't know how well Cruel Intentions would work in 2021, like a woke society. Like, if you take all the problematic stuff out, it probably is going to be fucking boring. The question is, is if you, I don't think you take the problematic stuff. out. Out. I think you lean into it and just make sure they're not meant to be the heroes, I guess. Is like like mm. if if Game of Thrones can exist off two actual DNA relatives fucking every other episode, I'm sure cruel intentions can get it's away with it. It's not so much that, it's about so much of the story and plot and characters participate in sexual manipulation. Yes. <laughs> oh, they're like actively oh, yeah. lying Again, to people. It's not like time. an incest thing that's the issue. It's like yeah, the plot Sebastian's is about awful. manipulation. Yeah. He's he's an awful person, but because mm. he's so fabulous, 
and attractive. <laughs> you just don't give a fuck and you just want him to succeed. Like, so basically you need to make sure they cast someone hot enough that you'll go along with it. Is that it? Well, it's not just hot. I think Ryan Philippi had like, there's something about his performance. Like it is a fantastic performance. I, I stand by it. Fair and enough. same with Sarah Michelle Gellar. Like that's yeah, iconic. Both great. Iconic. Well, we'll- We'll book you in for the uh, review of season one. Please. Um, in TV to movie adaptation news, that's a flip on what we're just talking about. Mm-hmm. After the release of The Many Saints of Newark, a Soprano story, Sopranos creator David Chase has apparently signed a massive first look deal with HBO. The more we hear about it, the more it sounds like we're going to get more of these Sopranos movies or some sort of like mini series or something like that. He's got ideas, apparently, um, of stories he wants to tell. There's been a lot of talk about particularly uh, Michael uh, Gandolfini's performance as young Tony Soprano in that movie. So I can see them wanting to, you know, make the most of that and keep telling origin stories about Tony Soprano. So probably get ready for more Soprano stories. Uh, Does that excite anybody? No. Peaking, speaking <laughs> of huge deals, Netflix now owns the screen rights to everything and anything Roald Dahl. They're currently working on a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory series from the busiest man in film and TV, Taika Waititi, and also an adaptation of the Matilda musical, which I look forward to because I love that fucking show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think anyone cares about that, though, so let's move on. Release dates. <laughs> Succession Season 3 has finally narrowed its premiere date down to October 17th on HBO. That's just like a week and a bit away, maybe. A short clip from the season premiere was released this week, and yep, it still looks like Succession, so I'm in. Uh, following fellow HBO sorry, comedy Curb Your Enthusiasm, its 11th season will premiere on October 24th. Teaser clips for James Gunn and John Cena's The Suicide Squad spin-off series Peacemaker. Game of Thrones prequel... House of Dragons and Sex and the Sea sequel series and just like that were shown at the HBO Max European launch with announcements that and just like that would arrive this December so very soon a couple of months away and Peacemaker sometime in January of next year are we excited for any of those did you guys see any of those teaser clips I did I watched that HBO Max trailer and like between all those movies that they were announcing in the same one, like The Matrix and June and all those shows, it's like if I was in a country with HBO Max, there'd be no choice but to get it. Like mm-hmm. everything they've got looks amazing. Now, yeah. that's an interesting discussion point because while it seems like HBO Max is planning to expand across the globe, they have no plans to come to Australia anytime soon, mm. which is a little frustrating. Not that I need another streaming platform <laughs> to spend all my money on right now. But currently, HBO Max stuff, if it does come to Australia, which most of it does, but not reliably, Mm -hmm. is thrown all over the place. Sometimes it's on Binge, sometimes it's on Stan, sometimes it's on maybe even Amazon. I'm not sure. It kind of Mm -hmm. gets scattered across all the streaming services. Mm. So it's hard to reliably find it and have access to that stuff. Yeah. um, Which is pretty disappointing. I get the feeling the main reason that it's not coming here is because... Foxtel just has a chokehold on a lot of that content, yeah. which is a real shame. That's the one one of the main reasons I want HBO Max to come. Is that I just want to get rid of binge because that's the only mm-hmm. reason I have it really is for the HBO stuff that, and I don't want to give yeah Murdoch any of my money if I can mm-hmm. help it. One hundred percent agree with that sentiment. I but we were talking a little bit of the weekend, Paul, about you wanted to sort of have a discussion about like streaming service value yeah because obviously i was 
um, coming on this podcast to talk about the Emmys and I realized I haven't watched anything that won apart from Hacks. So I was like, this is my chance. I'm just going to watch Ted Lasso. And to do that, I got Apple TV Plus. And then I started browsing it and I'm like, is this it? Like I wasn't, I wasn't really aware of what the content was on it. And I was like, so the entire streaming service, that's the same price if you don't own an Apple product. It's the same price per month as like Netflix, Amazon, all these other things. And it's like, seems like there's like 20 shows on there and that's it. And you're paying the same amount as Amazon, which has like hundreds and hundreds of shows and TVs, TV shows and movies. Like at what point, like, do we say if a streaming service is good value or not? Because if their 20 shows are as good as the best 20 shows on Netflix, is it okay that they're the same amount of money, even though they don't have all this other like kind of uh, content that they paid for separately? Mm. I think of it like, um, so services like Netflix and Amazon, like you say, generally have like shit tons of content. And so they're like my, they're my constant subscriptions. Things mm-hmm. like Disney Plus and other ones that there's only a few titles that I'll jump in maybe like once or twice a year. Otherwise, I'm just, yeah, cancelling the subscription. That's the only way I can kind of justify it because otherwise I'm paying like $60 a month just for all of these different subscriptions. I think mm. that's a good way of thinking about it. I sort of do the same thing with like another subscription service that's not TV shows but video games is Xbox Game Pass. And I'm not a massive Xbox sort of player, but I, I have an Xbox One. And if something comes along that I want to play, which releases day one, I pay that 10 bucks of the month, I play that game and I piss it off, basically. And I just make sure that it doesn't auto-renew, basically. And mm-hmm. I think that'd be the way to do Apple and uh, Binge and those sorts of shows. You're just waiting for sort of that thing to come out or maybe mm-hmm. wait until a couple of series have come out and go, cool, I've got a month's worth of content now. I'll jump in now and come back maybe in three or four months to do it again. Mm-hmm. Um What's interesting, though, is Apple has... I think the quality of the stuff they have has been surprisingly and consistently good. Mm. Whereas Netflix, I had been using less and less and less because I was not necessarily having things to watch on it. Mm. Um, I would scroll through it and watch some trash, but I could just as easily turn on like you know, free-to-air television and find something just to have on the background or YouTube, mm-hmm. which doesn't cost me a damn thing or Twitch mm-hmm. and watch someone if I just need background noise. Um, but Netflix has not had, although the Squid Game, because everyone's talking about it, is something we're probably going to end up reviewing mm-hmm. relatively mm-hmm. soon. So that would be a reason, but like nothing's and- pulled me in to Netflix recently. I'm almost tempted to get rid of that, except that I'm doing that in a family thing. So it costs me like $3 a month anyway. So what's it really, I barely even notice it. I find that with Netflix, it's definitely um, the foreign offerings that mm-hmm. make it worth it. Like, sure. that's pretty much all I'm watching is the foreign stuff and um, the reality stuff, to be honest. like Yeah, that's yeah. what too, I watch on Netflix is reality Too hot now. to handle. Too hot yeah. to handle is, like, the main thing I watch on that <laughs> service. So, um, I, I, I do think the American offerings have been lacking. Yeah. Um, for sure. It it the amount of TV that I do watch, which is I don't even think it's more than most people. Like we obviously watch a lot of TV for this show, but it ends up being like that's my one show that week. I'm probably not watching a whole much else 
closely anymore is if I was paying for all the streaming services I'm currently subscribed to on my own, that would be insane. But mm-hmm. the fact that I split just about all of them with at least three or if not four people, it doesn't seem like that much, mm-hmm. um, which does help. And it really does help that I am an Apple person. So I've <laughs> had the first 18 months on Apple be completely free. So how many services do you guys subscribe to or lot? Let me see. Just like video streaming? Yeah. Netflix, okay. Stan, Amazon, uh, Disney Plus, mm-hmm. Apple, TV Plus. Mm-hmm. And I do have access to Binge, mm-hmm. but that's through somebody else who has it. And I also have access to Foxtel, but again, that's someone else who has it. So I actually subscribe to five. Yeah, so I, I've got all of those plus Crunchyroll plus oh. um, plus YouTube Premium as well. Mm. Yeah, YouTube Premium is the one that I'm tempted by often. But- YouTube Premium is actually a pretty good deal because obviously like no ads on YouTube is a godsend mm-hmm. and uh, you get the music service as well so you don't need Spotify when you've got it. Oh, okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and it's, it's all bundled in the same price. Did I say Amazon in that list? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Okay, good. As long as I did. All right. Yeah. Amazon also <laughs> has a their own version of Spotify as well. They do, and they Prime. keep telling me that I should use it because <laughs> I have unused Amazon perks or whatever it is. But that's all right. I've got Spotify, which I also split in a family thing, so I barely noticed that one too. So I, I never heard the answer to my question earlier, I just realized. Are you interested in any of those? Peacemaker, House of, uh, of Dragons, and just like that, based on what you saw, Paul? Look, just like that, um, I'm going to watch out of curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, Peacemaker, I'll watch because I really enjoyed Suicide Squad and I'm interested to see where it goes uh, from uh, there. Uh, the Suicide Squad. Uh, Must sorry, the distinction. The, the Suicide Squad. Very good. Um, and uh, what was the third one again? Uh, and P- uh, House of Dragons. The Game of Thrones. Uh, House of Dragons. <sighs> I don't know. I'll give it a go. I, I don't know. I'm very torn on that one. I, so I am, feel very much the same way. I've been hurt far too much by Game of Thrones. I gave it too much and it hurt me for it. And I, mm-hmm. even with Matt Smith as the lead, like I'm having a hard time bringing myself to care about that show at all. It just looks like more Game of Thrones and it let me down the longer it went on. But I guess different showrunners and stuff, mm-hmm. like there's a real and- opportunity for those mistakes to be not made again by someone Better. And surely they've seen the reaction, so they know what mm. to avoid. Hopefully. You'd hope so. Uh, Dickinson will return to Apple TV Plus for its third and final Fuck season yes! <laughs> on <laughs> November 5th. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you're a little bit excited about that one, Damask. Oh my God, I fucking love Dickinson. Oh my God, it's so good. Uh, well, I'm sad that it's going to be its final season, but then maybe it will be a perfect show that I can go back to a million times. Sure. Yeah, I'm just glad it's coming back. I'm so excited. Should I give it a go now that I've got Apple TV Plus? Like, do you think it will be a show that I'll like? Yeah, I think you'll like it. Yeah. It's not going to be like the opposite of Bridgerton where you have to like vagina to enjoy it? Oh, that's a really good question. Maybe, but give it a whirl (laughs) and see how how you go. Because I think the... Biggest part of me that's a fan is probably my vagina, but it could be my it could be my brain. I'm not sure. Yeah, what in what order? Vagina, heart, and brain. Which one is winning in this? But, uh, vagina and heart are pretty close in this one okay. when it comes to Dickinson. 
And then brain just behind. But the brain, like you can never trust the brain if the vagina and the heart are involved. So who knows? Mm, exactly. Mm. So well said. Uh, <laughs> it's set to be a big month for Haley Steinfeld as mm. Hawkeye, the next MCU series of Disney, for Disney Plus in which she co-stars alongside Jeremy Renner will release on November 24th. The announcement was made alongside the release of a very festive trailer. Did either of you guys see the Hawkeye I did. trailer? I really liked it. Yeah, that's the surprising thing, I think, is I probably didn't have particularly high expectations for Hawkeye outside Mm. of maybe a certain character from Black Widow being in it (laughs) and Hayley Steinfeld being in it. But um, it looked good and I think it's chosen a really fun like setting and tone, Mm. which if they really like... And this is my thing. We were told essentially, that Falcon and the Winter Soldier was going to be a buddy cop show, and it really wasn't that. Mm. If they're gaslighting me that this is actually a fun, festive sort of team-up film, team-up show, and it's not that, I'm going to be disappointed. Now, they've set Mm. that expectation. It needs to follow through with that. The tone has been set, so if it doesn't follow through, yeah. Because that's why I'm now excited is that very specific tone set by the trailer. Exactly. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Fellow Disney Plus show... Uh, the Mandalorian um, spin-off, The Book of Boba Fett, is due to debut this December. Mm-hmm. So that's coming out very soon. Mm-hmm. Just another show for us to debu- de- review Damascus. Fantastic. Netflix <laughs> announced that The Witcher Season 2 will drop on December 17th. Woohoo! Yeah, baby! Oh, yes. Mm. Oh, everything's coming up to Damascus. of reactions <laughs> to that news. Cannot wait. I love that uh, show. I will say just before you start, they've also confirmed that a third season is in the works. So oh, excellent. Mm, excellent. Great news. Can't wait you, to watch it. There was it a reaction there, again. Paul. I was waiting for it. Go on. I I've made my thoughts clear on The Witcher <laughs> on this show. Uh like I, I I will be watching the second season. I hope it's not I a mean, piece of shit. There's the, always the chance that Henry Cavill will be shirtless. And I suppose that will always get you. Yes. Invested in watching the show. Exactly. He will absolutely be topless at least once in every episode. Absolutely. So. Did you Yeah. <laughs> did you watch the animated spin-off Damask? Oh, I couldn't get through it. It's fucking terrible. The voice <laughs> actors were bad. The voice yeah. acting was really fucking bad. I couldn't do it. No. Were yeah, any of the that. out of interest, were any of the characters in the animated show characters from the live action series who were having their not no? that okay. I saw of the first 15 so minutes just bad something. voice actors. Okay. Mm. Uh, and in Netflix news, Cobra Kai season two will arrive this New Year's Eve. Uh, they also announced Tiger King 2 arrived November 17th and Emily in Paris season two on December 22. Moving yeah. on, renewals. Yes. As reported yes. in our episode last week, <laughs> Sex Education will be back for a fourth season on Netflix. <laughs> Are you going to be watching? Have you been watching Sex Education, Paul? Uh, yes, I... I... Watch the whole thing and then listen to your episode like the next day after I'd finished watching it. Um, I fucking love Sex Education. I think I was in tears like most of the last episode. Um, I just oh, you didn't I, agree with my critique that they were all I <laughs> I want. I, yeah, yeah. I, I was, need. No, I was definitely on Team Damask in that episode. Fair enough. Um, Thank you. Thanks so much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I, it's just a warm hug of a show. I think I've described a couple other shows as that, but this is as well. I, I just love it. It just makes me happy watching it, and I love all the characters, and I just love being in that world. So, 
Taika Waititi, again, busiest man in film and TVs. His new FX comedy series, Reservation Dogs, will return for a second season. Haven't had a chance to watch season one yet, but that is good news. I've heard good things generally about that show. HBO Max's rebooted Gossip Girl series is getting a season two. Has anyone watched season one? No. I'm watching it with a friend, so I'm behind, but I've watched the first episode and uh, it's a fun take on the premise. Like, it does do... it does a very interesting way of bringing the concept into a new series. But is that that we already know who Gossip Girl is rather than having to be a dumb mystery for the entire show that doesn't work? Yes. So <laughs> it, who, who Gossip Girl is is a main part of the plot. And that's, it's actually like... That's smarter. Yeah. I have heard well, like what the new scenario is. And it's a terrible fucking idea. I can't imagine that it's good in the show. Yeah. Uh, HBO Max also renewed the other two for a third season. Fuck. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, it's one we agree on. Yeah. That's nice. The other two is one of the best shows on TV and it actually hurts my soul that it's still not available in Australia. Like everybody needs to watch the other two um, and Everyone I've introduced it to has become obsessed with it and quotes it all the time. And it's just so fucking good. I wish everyone could watch it. Mm. So this is the problem with us not being able to get HBO Max here. There's nowhere Mm. to fucking watch the thing. That's Mm. dumb. Steve Martin, Martin Short and Selena Gomez hit Only Murders in the Building has been renewed for a second season at Hulu. That's exciting news as well. Disney Plus in Australia. Disney Plus in Australia. Or Star on Disney Plus Mm -hmm. technically Mm. in Australia. Have you guys been watching it? I've only seen the pilot. I've I'm going to watch the rest because we've already decided mm. we're going to review it. So once yeah. we get to that, I'll watch the rest of it. And Excellent. yeah, I, I love it. Yeah, love me it. too. I every other day, uh, I or every week, I seem to see reactions that it's a great show. So I'm mm. looking forward to watching that. Uh, in cancellation news, Adult Swim and TBS sci-fi animated comedy Final Space has ended after three seasons. Uh, you were a fan of that show, right, Damask? Yeah, I really liked season one. I was kind of blown away by how much I liked it. I fell off on season two, but that's just, I probably just my attention span. I don't think season two was as good because they introduced a bunch of new characters and I was like, I don't, I'm don't, i not vibing with this. But now that I know that it's finishing, I'll probably yeah, finish it. I think the, the third thing. season is now available on Netflix, or well, the final season technically. Yeah, and cool. I did hear, I don't know who the creator was, I did read when I was uh, getting my notes ready that apparently that was about... End of season three was about the halfway mark of the intended story, which is the thing you like you don't want to uh, hear. Yeah. Oh, it's just like, oh, that sucks. Mm. Uh, Dairy Girls season three is gearing up to start principal photography, but it has been announced that it will be the end of the show. It's only getting three seasons. Sometimes yeah. better to keep it short and sweet. Yeah. Uh, casting news. Variety is reporting that Catherine Hahn is set to play Joan Rivers for a new Showtime series, The Comeback Girl, about the comedian's mid-career revival. How do we feel about that news? Especially you, Damask, who I know is a bit of a Joan Rivers fan. And Catherine Hahn fan, for that matter of fact. Um, am I a Joan Rivers fan? I thought so. Am I getting that wrong? <laughs> I mean, I don't necessarily like her comedy, but I guess I... Maybe you're an in, you're you're more in the know than I am. Yeah. I am aware of Joan Rivers. This is true. <laughs> um, so, as the current Joan Rivers expert on the pod, um, I'll speak to that. <laughs> do you, how do you feel about that, Paul? Do you want to take up battle for that mantle? Are you a Joan Rivers expert? I I'm not an expert, but I'm a I'm a fan. I, I think she's hilarious. I think she's hilarious. A Joan Rivers I, hobbyist, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really I really think she um, was had an interesting way of pushing boundaries um, that maybe 
nowadays people don't appreciate as much, but I, I thought she was hilarious. And um, Catherine Hahn is an inspired choice. It's not mm. who I would think of when mm. say it. But, I think it's um, a good choice because I feel comfortable mm. knowing Catherine Hahn is doing it because I feel like mm. she probably can. Um, so mm. that that's nice to know. I also, is this in response to Hacks? Like, Almost was this on someone's right. shelf? And they're like, I've read something like this. Um, and they've taken it off the shelf and be like, all right, let's, let's green light this. Now that Hacks has won an Emmy, let's yeah. make this happen. <laughs> in other news, Seinfeld has arrived on Netflix in some billion dollar deal. But much like when The Simpsons arrived on Disney+, Plus, fans are upset the show has had its 4x3 aspect ratio cropped to a widescreen format. I did notice that. Yeah, it yeah, looks and, fucking and, weird. And, it makes me feel sick. I'm like, ugh. It's yeah. also, it's been pointed out, there are some, the the main example I've seen online has been like, there are visual gags that are now missing, which was much the problem with the Simpsons one. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the famous example in the Simpsons was when they're the Duff Brewery and showing the three versions of Duff, they're all coming out of the same tube. And it holds on that shot for you to figure it out. You couldn't see that. Mm. They were coming out of the same <laughs> tube. So what a waste of a joke. I think the one they're using, people use as example in Seinfeld is this one about the pothole or something like that, um, which is just like outside the frame now. Um, right. So I don't know. How do you guys feel about that stuff? Are you annoyed when shows get this I ha- done to them? I hate it. I hate it. I it doesn't make it. sense to me at all. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's, 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 like, it it's, feels it's, patronizing. It feels like, oh, people want to fill their entire screen with a show and they won't be able to put up with a four by three format. No. No, that was the way it was shot. It's the Buffy, the, same, the like, Buffy example was the best one where they mm. opened up the frame because there was more on the film, but they had to crop it for the show. But they also filmed it with that. And then you've got like weird shots where there's meant to be no one in the frame, but you can see fucking the master's shoulder in the shot now because he or just cameras. Sort of took to or the side. Or cameras, reflections of crew members, all that sort of stuff, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> go on. Sorry, Damask. Uh, yeah, it's just kind of, yeah, condescending in the same way that, you know, execs or whatever think that Americans can't watch a foreign film, so they have to do a fucking remake. It's like, sure. good Lord, like stop kind of, yeah, What's what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of preempting mm. that people are just not going to be able to fucking deal with something, and so you just by doing that ruining <laughs> the experience for people. That being said, like Netflix is not like a new thing for Netflix. These uh, widescreen transfers have been used on like broadcast television for yeah. years. Like if you mm. watch Seinfeld on free to air TV right now, you're going to be watching it in these new cropped. Oh transfers. really? Yeah, I did not know that. That sucks. Mm. Oh, it's so disappointing. Uh, Paula Coles, I Don't Want to Wait, has finally been restored to the Dawson's Creek intro on Netflix. Thank Justice. God. <laughs> this news, I'm going to read a little bit from the article. This news comes via William Hughes at the AV Club. Uh, I quote, This has been an extremely long road for I Don't Want to Wait, which mm-hmm. has been absent from every home video version of the series since the release of its first two seasons on VHS way back when. Don't I know it? Don't I know that? Mm, including, absolutely. well, I borrowed the DVDs from you. I know. Sure. And you even said to me, like, why is the song different? Did I? I'm like, did they change? I remember very specifically. Like, <laughs> did they change the song later on down the road? I was like, no, no, no. They just changed. They don't have the rights to play that song yeah. at the beginning. Yep. So go on. And like, that's funny that I watched pretty much the entire show with the the subtracted version of the song. And yet, if I think of Dawson's Creek, I think of, <laughs> I don't want to wait mm. for my life. Uh, but you didn't watch most of the show, by the way. I you watched stopped in three season four. seasons. Four yeah. seasons. How so, much of the show was there? Six. Six. That's, well, if I watched into season four, I've watched 
most of it. Um, Not enough. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we'll make that our next uh, review goal. When we reach mm. 50 written reviews, we'll watch Dawson's Creek from start to finish. Um, <laughs> Fuck yes. I would love that. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, sorry, say, uh, first two seasons of VHS way back when, including every appearance it's made on streaming. Instead, the series has run with Jan Arden's Run Like Mad, which was written specifically for the show in between the period when it was originally going to air with Alanis Morissette's One Hand in My Pocket. I don't even know of this universe. (laughs) (laughs) And before Kevin Williamson's... before Kevin Williamson and the then WB decided to pivot to Cole's nostalgia heavy ballad. The simple reason for the shift was, you know, money. Sony Pictures Entertainment would have to pay Cole for her song, which Arden's was available for basically free. So what was int- when I found out this news, I had to do a little bit of like journalistic investigation. Mm. Dawson's Creek is on two streaming platforms in Australia. It's on Netflix and Stan. Nice. On Netflix, it's in 4K with the expanded picture. Right, uh, and what it isn't, it's not the four by three crop down. They've added the sides of the frames, like the Buffy transfers, but it has the original mm-hmm. song included. Mm-hmm. The stand has the OG four by three format, but not the iconic song. So you got to make a choice. <laughs> Sophie's choice here: Do you want four by three formatting, or do you want? I don't want to wait. Four by That's three your formatting. Choice. It's very easy. Sophie's <laughs> choice. Well, you could watch the uh, <laughs> opening stinger. On Stan, flip over to Netflix for the opening credits, then go back to Stan. I do like to see them dancing on that beach in like soft, like linens to the right song. So, yeah, Mm. you can go. Maybe just every time that the actual uh, opening starts, you mute it and just play like on YouTube (laughs) the opening tiles to Dawson's Creek. Just every time. It's a bit like actually Neon Genesis on uh, Evangelion on Netflix. There was a thing you could do. You could add a a Chrome extension where they'd add Fly Me to the Moon back to the (laughs) the closing credits. Yeah, I was like, that is an absolute essential if you're going to watch that show. Uh, Speaking of opening titles, have you guys seen the intro sequence for the upcoming live-action Cowboy Bebop Netflix series that was uh, shown during the Netflix to Dumb event last week i did and it looks fun is it a deconstructed fucking spaceship or something what is it no no, no. it is kind Thank of God. is basically a live action version of the original opening tiles from the from the mm. show to the point where they're recreating shots and like silhouettes and stuff like that they just flat out use tank the same exact song it's not mm. a remix or or a reorchestration at all it's just tank mm. i think the, the 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 bit i liked the most about it was in the at the very end when they show the title Cowboy Bebop in the original, it's the Japanese like kanji or the Japanese characters with Cowboy Bebop in the middle. In the new version, it's Cowboy Bebop in English with the Japanese in the middle. So it's like a flip <laughs> on the title uh, formatting, which I thought was very cute. Mm-hmm. But I kind of feel like it looks like cosplayers like remaking it. It doesn't really feel like. It didn't make me go, oh, this show's going to be cool. It made me go, oh, this show's going to be dorky as fuck, is what it made me feel. It's mostly the female lead. They've no, no, her, no, 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 no. The unfo- no. They've put her in an unfortunate wig and the fabric of her jacket looks cheap. <laughs> it's it like, I think that the main, you know, the main guy with his suit, it looks so, he looks all uh- right. It, no, no, it's not. It's not necessarily that I don't think the cost. Like I'm, I'm. It's weird. I'm kind of glad they've tried to be as, as accurate to the to the anime outfits as possible. Mm-hmm. 
but it does make them all look like cosplayers. And because mm. of that, when they're like doing these super cool poses and doing the silhouettes and stuff like that, and then they make it look like the original anime opening tiles, it looks like something I would have seen cosplayers doing. And I don't mean that as a negative to cosplayers. That has their place. But this is a live action adaptation of the anime series, not a cosplay video, if that makes sense. It, it just and reminds I, me a lot of the Wachowski Speed Racer, where I feel like it's going to be part of the aesthetic mm, and it's going to be intentionally part of the vibe. That's interesting. You might That might be the way I need... Well, we none of us have seen the show yet. So, or even a trailer. Like mm-hmm. the opening tiles is all we've seen. So I absolutely reserve judgment that when I see the show, it'll make sense. It'll feel right. But there's that part of me that's just a little bit skeptical. <laughs> this is going to be, this is going to be more like. Have you seen many live action adaptations of anime stuff? Like, have you watched mm-hmm. the live action Full Metal Alchemist movie? Alchemist movie because that is trash. Mm. And uh, yeah, I've seen a few like the uh, Death Note. live action Death Note, uh, mm. Assassination Classroom, like. Japan like pumps these things out, so they do. Mm. So it's not uh, an, just an American crime. It's no, definitely not, definitely not. <laughs> uh, I we've got to get through news, but I did want to just bring this up because I wanted people's reaction to this. Have you guys seen the voice cast for Illuminations' upcoming 3D animated Super Mario Brothers movie? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Have you seen that list, Mask? I think so. I well, I've seen people talk about it on Twitter. I don't know if I've seen the actual list. I wanted your reactions to this this list, just the main ones. Mm-hmm. Mario will be voiced by Chris Pratt. Insane. <laughs> I felt that way too, but I then remembered like he's been doing his voice acting thing for a little while, at least with like the Lego movies, mm-hmm. and he was very good in the Lego movie. I thought he did play that quite well. Didn't he? I mean. But he, he just sounded like Chris Pratt, though. It's so, not like I listened to that. I was like, wow, what a voice actor. No, no, no. Sure, sure, sure. But, like, he's also, in recent times, people think of him as Star-Lord and the guy from Jurassic World, stuff like that. And, like, he's got those comedy chops he can do, bring the right energy to, like, a kid's animated movie. So I think that's mm. a good sign. I'm just curious to know whether he's going to be doing it's a me, a Mario voice that's or whether my, he's going to be Chris Pratt. Yeah, because it's, it's Mario and he sounds... Like Mario. A very particular way. We've been listening to him do that for 20 years now. Yeah. We know what Charles Martinet's Mario sounds like. Having someone else do it's going to be very weird. Maybe it's going to be another Detective Pikachu and it turns out it's a body swap and someone else <laughs> is in his body. That's actually quite possible. <laughs> what if Chris Pratt gets sucked into the video game as Mario? Oh, they're going to do that, aren't they? No, I would prefer Fuck. if the video game Mario entered Chris Pratt's body <laughs> and his silly voice was coming out maybe, of Chris Maybe it's going to be a body swap film, Paul, and we're going to be able to review it on your show, on Swapcast yeah, Podcast. Mario and Chris Pratt are going to swap bodies. <laughs> Charles Martinet will be playing Chris Pratt in the real world and Chris Pratt will be playing Mario in The Mushroom Kingdom. Fuck, because, I am in. Because they are both... In the cast. They, Charles Martinet has been confirmed to be in the cast. And they said as special cameos. Um, but now I want him to be the voice of Chris Pratt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anya Taylor-Joy will voice Princess Peach. That sounds like when pretty I think accurate casting. An- she could Anna do the live Ta- action version. When I think Anya Taylor-Joy, I think comedy, kids films. <laughs> <laughs> no. But like Peach doesn't have a personality. I'm pretty sure if you've seen The Queen's Gambit, Anya Taylor-Joy can totally play that that. role. (laughs) Uh, 
This one I do like a lot. Charlie Day will voice Luigi. I yeah, think that is that feels excellent right in my casting. Soul. Mm-hmm. As does Jack Black as Bowser. Mm-hmm. Of like inspired choice, and if he doesn't have a musical number, I will fucking riot because a Bowser <laughs> musical number with Jack Black would be amazing. He's so metal already, Bowser. That'd be great. Keegan Michael Key will voice Toad, which <laughs> I'm really interested that in. Make, too. And, that makes me laugh. Yeah, and Seth Rogen is voicing Donkey Kong. Yeah, that's um, great. I love that. I, it really, Chris Pratt is the most like I don't Weird. know about it one, and from yeah. there on, I just get more and more like I think this could actually work really well. Uh, Paul, you want to talk about the Emmys? Well, first, you missed one bit of cancellation news. Oh, did I? What did I miss? I will hold you two personally accountable for because I've <laughs> oh, recommended yes. this show to Wait, multiple have they cancelled the upload? Have they cancelled upload? No. Oh, fuck. That's what I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> I would have felt very powerful yeah, and very too. righteous if that happened. But anyway, go on. Um, I've recommended this show to you several times. I've actually. Uh, Asked you guys to maybe review it on the show and you never did, um, which was the HBO Max show Generation, which I think is uh, one of the best yeah. shows of the year. And oh, I love this show. And HBO Max cancelled it after its first season. Um, and I would still implore everyone to give this show a go. Um, it does have a few like hanging plot threads, but um, it's mostly like a self contained story, season one. Um, and in terms of like queer representation and just like the way it's shot and the episode structures. It's just such a great show. Um, so please, everybody, um, give Generation a chance, even though we're not getting a season two. Fair enough. R. Sorry R. about that. It didn't make it into my news feed for some reason. Obviously, not enough people were watching it. Uh- <laughs> Burn. <laughs> this Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Paul, what, you want to talk about the Emmys? <laughs> yeah, so I came uh, on our sh- on the sorry, I came on your show the other week uh, to discuss the nominations, and now Correct. we've got the winners. So mm-hmm. um, basically, a whole bunch of white people and mostly <laughs> British people. <laughs> True. <Nice. laughs> so um, Ted Lasso pretty much did a, a clean sweep of all the mm-hmm. comedy categories. Um, Four wins, yes. Yeah, so Hannah Waddington and Brent Goldstein and mm-hmm. Best Jason Show. Sudeikis. Yeah. Um, so I, as I said before, actually watched season one. I've watched season one in the last two days um, in preparation for this. And I can confirm, yes, it did deserve those awards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very, very quickly, like obviously yeah. it's been a show that has since gone from sort of like 
uh, quietly appreciated to like everyone tells people they must watch it because it's fucking gold. Mm. Mm-hmm. You did enjoy season one quite a bit. Yeah, like. I had heard people say you don't have to like sport to like it, which Correct. obviously I have no interest in sport. And I was very pleasantly surprised how much the show didn't care about the sport either. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> to the point where they didn't even show the matches most of the time. Um, but yeah, uh, it's like I laughed out loud. I cried. I mm-hmm. love the characters. Um, yeah, just such a beautiful show. But I've heard like mixed things about season two, but I'll be... Uh, Jumping into that um, over the next few days. The mixed things is what I... Because I haven't watched a single episode of season two yet, though we will be mm-hmm. reviewing it next week, so I've got to hurry up. Mm-hmm. But um, the mixed the mixed reception actually makes me excited because I don't... I think the show had to grow and change. It couldn't just do season one again. And I can see that people might be upset that the show can't just do that again over and over mm-hmm. and that, I'm, that makes me curious as to what it's doing in season two. Mm-hmm. No spoilers, please. People who have watched it. Yeah, <laughs> I have watched it so I have no comments. Very good. So basically every uh, everything else that won was Mayor of East, East Town and The Crown um, and those pretty much like dominated everything. So. The Crown with seven wins, outstanding yeah. drama series, outstanding director for a, for a drama series, outstanding writing for a drama series, drama series, outstanding lead actor in a drama series, Josh mm. O'Connor, outstanding lead actress in a drama series, Olivia Coleman. Jeez, she doesn't get celebrated enough. Outstanding supporting <laughs> actor in a drama series, Tobias Menzies. Outstanding supporting actress in a drama series, Gillian Anderson. How do you Police. feel about that one, Damask? Absurd. <laughs> Absurd. If she won, like, I don't know, for a guest appearance on SNL as Margaret Thatcher, that would make sense to me. But that performance <laughs> of Margaret Thatcher in The Crown is, and I love her, but yeah. that was not it. Have you watched The Crown, Paul? Um so that's a show I watch with my parents. So uh, I've okay. only watched the first two episodes of the new season. So I'm a gotcha. bit behind, but I have seen her in the role because she's very, uh, the first two episodes are very much about her. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I don't know if I'm that much of a Margaret Thatcher enthusiast that I could like I hope <laughs> comment on like her nuances or whatever. Like You didn't think it was distracting, everything she was doing? It's so distracting to me. But I mean, Margaret Thatcher was like did talk weird and act weird. Yeah, but you also know that it's like Gillian Anderson who's talking weird and acting weird. Like <laughs> it was just so it just didn't work for me. Those two things coming together, mm. and particularly because she was hitting it so hard. Yeah, um, yeah, not for me, thank you. But it's funny, like there's so many scripted shows on TV. Like there's so many shows mm. on TV that it's actually an impossible. It's actually impossible for one person to watch every show on TV. Like physically, it's impossible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How is it possible that only five shows can win all the categories? Money. Like- Big, well, the answer is that the studios and the streaming services that make them throw huge amounts of money into marketing these things to win awards because by mm. winning the awards they get prestige which means people will watch those shows and buy their fucking streaming service so like the answer is that they they get bought which is why these awards things whether it's the academy awards or the emmys or the golden globes mm. or whatever are all bullshit they're mm. all bullshit yeah and but after the pretty watching dresses the Oscars, are fun to watch you know so that's okay 
What was that? The pre-dresses? Yeah, pre-dresses are fun to watch. So. Well, after I watching tried the Oscar to watch... ceremony this year, I don't know if I'm watching an awards ceremony <laughs> for a while. Yeah, I, I I definitely spent my lunch break that day looking at all the red carpet outfits, mm. but then I actually tried to watch the ceremony and I lasted maybe five minutes, not even. It was so insufferable. Did yeah. it, the Oscars presentation win an Emmy? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, that tells you right there. That tells yeah. you right there all you need to know about awards and awards <laughs> ceremonies is that that is bullshit. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was there anything else about the Emmys you want to talk about? Because I had a couple of things that were worth mentioning. Uh, no, you go. Netflix won 10 awards, beating out – this is in the primetime Emmys – beating mm. out HBO, who only got nine, I believe, for the first time. I could be wrong about that, but they what did beat losers. HBO. I know. <laughs> um, and they won – Netflix won – oh, wins for Outstanding Drama, which is a big deal for The Crown, mm. and Outstanding Limited or Anthology Series for The Queen's Gambit. So they sort of won the big drama awards in terms of best shows for those categories. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure Damask definitely disagrees with – the limited series one. Yeah, because uh, Queen's Gambit sucked. <laughs> women swept the, the comedy and drama directing categories for the first time in history. Jessica Hobbs for the Crown season four finale. And Lucia Anilio, Anilo, and Aniello, sorry, uh, for Hack's pilot episode, which I 100% mm. agree with. The pilot yeah. episode was almost my favorite episode of the series. I was only mm. convinced last minute to change it to episode six when we did our review, but the mm. pilot was Excellent in hacks. It was. So I was very, I'm very happy to, to hear that uh, mm-hmm. Lucia won that one. Other notable wins, Jean Smart won Outstanding Lead Actress in a Comedy Series, the one acting award that didn't go to Ted Lasso, uh, obviously mm-hmm. for hacks. Uh, mm-hmm. Michaela Cole won Outstanding Writing for a Limited or Anthology Series or Movie for I May Destroy You. Very deserving. That should have won more awards, that show. And she is the first black woman to win this category. RuPaul is now the most awarded person of colour in Emmys history, having won 11 Emmy uh, Emmys. And this year, they... Uh, yeah, sorry, RuPaul won for Drag Race Season 13. They won Outstanding Competition Program for the fourth year in a row, I might add. So he's doing very well. And biggest loser of this was The Handmaid's Tale, who had 21 nominations and zero wins. Because it sucks. <laughs> uh, Paul, what have you been watching? Okay, so uh, I was going to mention uh, the other two and Only Murders in the Building, which we covered in our other segment. Mm-hmm. So just a shout out again, those two shows uh, everyone should watch. One you can watch uh, legally, one you can't if you live in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, one other kind of cute show, um, I don't know if you guys have watched any of Q-Force on Netflix. Have you? No. no, I always like scroll past past it, so I'm interested to know what you think about it. Yeah, so it's an animated show um, from a guy named Gabe Leadman who w- worked on Pen15, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, mm. um, and Broad City, mm. and also uh, Michael Schur, who you know mm. from like Good Place. And, You're speaking my language. And... Uh, Parks and Rec, and it's an animated show um, starring and also created by Sean Hayes from Will and Grace, mm-hmm. and uh, it's about a bunch of secret agents who have all been relegated to an office in West Hollywood because they're all queer and the secret agency doesn't want to deal with them, so they just put them there and never give them any cases, and then um, suddenly the main uh character he manages to get them 
uh, involved in the Secret Service again, and they start going on missions. And um, so it, it's a it's a silly show, um, but it's kind of fun to see like a a very ex- extremely gay animated series. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, the main character has a bit of the animated Robin Hood. Uh, thing going where oh. he's extremely attractive mm-hmm. even though he's an a- animated character yeah so um, not a fox though not a fox he's a human being okay. but, is he um, a redhead uh he's blonde okay all right yeah but um, <laughs> if he was a redhead i just know i would have been able to questions. convince angela to watch it because robin hood obviously is a very important crush and I, so uh-huh. she's pretty much um, only dated redheads ever since saying it as a child so there you go um but yeah there's 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 a lot of lesbian stuff in it wonder sykes hey is one of the main character and um her relationship is a is a huge focus of the first season so um yeah if you want some queer animation uh give q force a go nice um cool. I've also watched a few uh, of the major streaming services, like original movies that they've premiered, um, some better than others. Um, so firstly, I watched the new uh, film starring Camilla Cabello, Idina Menzel, oh, Pierce Brosnan, yep. Mini Driver, and Billy Porter. You mean Cinderella, oh my God. Cinderella, oh, and James Corden, don't forget. Mm. Um, Cinderella. How could I? Um, so this is a new musical um, from Amazon. And uh, I didn't know this going in. It's actually a jukebox musical. It's not original musical. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's funny because not that long ago, or I guess it is now. We're just getting old. Uh, there was that uh, Anne Hathaway uh, jukebox musical, Ella Enchanted. Yeah. And oh, I didn't know that was which, a musical. Yeah, which also, uh, yeah. So it was also a jukebox musical about Cinderella. And this movie, which isn't associated with that one in any way, chooses some of the same songs. <gasps> Seriously, <gasps> scandal! What the fuck! fuck. <laughs> so it, it's just a very like weird thing that's happened there. That's shady. Um, but shit. some of the some of the songs just like none of the songs really like fit with the plot. <laughs> um, like the the opening number is like an introduction to the town. And all the townspeople, and they're singing Janet Jackson's "Rhythm Nation." Oh. And right, <laughs> it, <laughs> like it, it just yeah. Like I was singing to some of the songs. I was like, why? Why is it's like? And some really like not even that popular songs that they've just shoved in there. I, I saw a clip of Adele Dazeem singing "Material Girl." <laughs> um, yes, in the we put out the Washington stuff as the ugly. Yeah, she, or she's yeah, she's stepmother. singing. She's singing to the step sisters because they're perving on like the hot neighbor and she's telling them not to go there because he's too poor um and uh, the the film's like really trying for this like girl boss angle for cinderella so Mm -hmm. um she's a fashion designer very yeah she's a fashion designer and Mm -hmm. very early on the prince realizes who she is unlike in the other story and comes up to her and is like okay like let's get married and she's like no, because if I marry you, then I can't open a dress shop. Um, and yeah, it, it's very like I feel forced. sick. It's so. 
um but i highly recommend it if you want like a terrible film to laugh at yeah um, i do actually oh yeah. i'm gonna watch it tonight maybe. yeah it actually sounds quite <laughs> i can see that in my and, future possibly yeah. yeah 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 and and pierce brosnan and mini driver as like uh, the prince's parents and I do love Minnie driver. Uh, Me too. yeah uh and she looks amazing when hasn't like, she looked amazing yeah exactly like i don't know what she's doing to not age but good on your mini um but if you so once you watch that and you actually feel like watching a good musical uh there's actually another one that's premiered on amazon which i am so angry that they've given zero uh like advertising to um which is one called Everybody's Talking About Jamie. Have you guys heard of this at all? Uh, it's come up on my feed, but I had no idea what it was about. It's, yeah, it sounds really familiar. Just describe so, it to me. Yep. So when I was uh, when I went to England a few years ago, I was really lucky to see this musical on the West End. Oh, yes, um, I remember what you're talking about now. Sorry. Yep. Yeah, so uh, it's, um, it's based on a true story and uh, the original uh, show starred uh, Michelle, Michelle Visage from drag race um but uh it's about a kid in um high school and he decides he wants to become a drag queen and the school isn't exactly supportive of that um and uh it's a really good musical and the adaptation of it actually holds up pretty well i would say i enjoyed it as much as seeing it on the stage um so the casting is great. Um, Richard E. Grant plays a ma- one of the main characters and Ooh. he's really good in it. Nice. Um, and uh, the musical number that his character has, I'm not sure if it was actually him singing, but the, that character has a musical number um, that worked well on the stage, but the way they presented it in the movie like brought me to tears. It was really beautifully mm. done. Um it's just a heartwarming story. The music is really fun. It's well shot. It knows how to shoot musical numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was supposed to be cinema release before COVID hit. Um, Amazon bought the rights and then buried it, which is really sad. So I would recommend everybody um, get on Amazon and watch Everybody's Talking About Jamie. Mm-hmm. Tell me the next thing you're about to talk about is Diana the Musical. No, I, I want to watch that still. I, I really want to watch that as well. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but the other one, actually, all three of these films are Amazon originals. I didn't even uh, realize. Uh, third one is another Amazon original called The Voyeurs. Have either of you guys seen this? No. So this one stars Justice Smith, who was the lead in Detective Pikachu, um, also the mm-hmm. lead in Generation, which you guys didn't watch. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sydney. I mean, that Sw- show's dead now, so what a bother. <laughs> um, and Sydney Sweeney, who was... Uh, one of the main characters in The White Lotus and Euphoria. Um, oh, oh, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Okay. Um, so this movie is trash, but it's definitely the horniest film of the year. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so it's about... I mean, what a, a name, The Voyeurs. Like, <laughs> how could it yeah, not be? Yeah, it's about a, a young couple. They move in together for the first time in a swanky loft in Montreal. And on the first day of moving in, they realized they can see directly into the apartment opposite them, which happens to be this like super sexy couple that just want to have sex in front of the window all the time. Nice. And then um, Sydney Sweeney just becomes obsessed with like looking at this couple and then realizes that 
the husband is cheating on the wife so then she tries to intervene and then it like destroys their relationship and then it it's it's like hot trash <laughs> um it has one of the worst twists i've seen in a film for a while but so stupid like it's enjoyable that they've oh tried my to God. pull it off is the twist that it was their reflection all along. <laughs> no. <laughs> They're looking um, into their own future. Yeah. Um, what I appreciate about this film was that it felt like one of those erotic thrillers that you used to get in like oh, the, the 90s. 80s. The don't exist 80s, anymore. 80s. Well, they yeah, don't exist anymore. Yeah. Like this film is so happy. It's like full of tits and dicks and ass and like <laughs> people fucking all the time and everyone's it's, horny all the time. It's that sort of film. It's that sort of film that you go to the video store and you'd be able to rent like five movies or whatever mm-hmm. and you parents let you choose four but they get to choose their own one that they take home with them that you don't get to watch they like watch it in their yeah. bedroom or something like that it's yeah. that film they don't make those films anymore <laughs> oh my good yeah. my parents never did that yeah Your my parents, parents they yeah, were my good parents fifth film would be like uh, something about jesus or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly i think my mum would just get like a rom-com that she'd make me watch with her dad, yeah. dad apparently doesn't have the patience to sit through movies okay <laughs> famous for he's like it's too long i'm leaving so this so this podcast is your rebellion is it is <laughs> fuck you dad <laughs> i'm gonna watch um, eight hours of television every week so i'm nothing like you <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah um so yeah if you want some like sexy trash uh mm. the voyeurs cool on amazon Very speaking good. my uh, language right now all right yeah um, uh, I mean, it's, it's eleven twenty-four in Victoria, so it's definitely time to start talking about erotic, erotic thrillers. We're getting <laughs> into the blue content. Um, all right, so I have been watching some reality shows, so it's time for some reality check. Re- reality, reality check. check. Re- re- reality check. <laughs> Uh, so just brief ones because I've only started both of these seasons. So Drag Drag Race UK season three has started. I um, can contribute. <gasps> we Yay. all can this time. How fun! Yeah, I, I think we all have watched it because consistently the UK seasons have been the most entertaining. So I think everybody's yeah. kind of the most enthusiastic about them at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a historic season because we got our first AFAB queen. Yes. Um, so uh, Was it Victoria Scone? Yes. So yes. first queen that was assigned female at birth. Um, and she's great. She's mm-hmm. really yeah, good. Very talented. Um, uh, a really fun group of queens. Like... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I, I'm really enjoying the season so far. Have you guys enjoyed the start to it? Absolutely. Everyone seems, well, most people seem like a really strong contender. Um, mm-hmm. oh, look, I'm just going to put it out there. What's the name of Veronica Green? Is that her name? Veronica yeah. gone. No, Veronica no. Green. Sorry. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. From, um, from, from season, season two. Yeah. Yes. I think she's a bit shit. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I was apparently she was a bit unprepared for this too. Yeah. yeah. What I've heard is, because she spent a lot of money on on the last season she was on, mm. then obviously um, she couldn't return because of COVID, mm-hmm. and then she couldn't work in the meantime because everything was shut down. Mm. So she had no money to fund her outfits for the new season. Is oh. what I've heard. Does she? She would still have like half her costumes though, right? Yeah, but if the challenges the are different, challenges are different stuff. Like oh yeah, true. Yeah, for. yeah. Um, but I, I thought I thought her runway look. 
this week two wasn't terrible. Her, was the, that the, the red carpet? The red carpet one that was all right. The yellow frilly thing. Yeah, it I was didn't awful. Mind that. I it thought was it was doing a bit of a Sarah terrible. Jessica Parker. She was in the top three. Okay, right. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's what was shocking. I was like, absolutely yeah, not. Yeah, like yeah. I didn't really like her last season. To be no, honest, no, me either. And Weirdly, uh, Veronica was one of our favourites. Actually, um, mm. I don't think as interesting necessarily, but we thought that they. He when she rocked up to the she. finale in the Sailor Moon cosplay outfit, that just looks like she went to the cheap store and bought it off yeah. the rack. Uh, oh, that yeah. killed it for me forever. I don't think she has good taste. I think that might be the bigger yeah. problem, yeah. Because yeah. there's been other queens that have had financial difficulties that have been able, through their good taste, to still yeah. serve something better than what she's serving this season. I think you might be right about that. And I think, yeah, the lack of money shows a lack of talent potentially, um, if that's what the problem is as well. And I also think, I think just think it's interesting because the camera... They're obviously, especially in the first episode, I thought, were giving her a lot of attention, being mm-hmm. the one queen that you already knew. And sort of there's mm-hmm. just inbuilt drama with this queen coming back after having to mm-hmm. pull out because of fucking having COVID. Um, so, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested in her being there, though. Don't know how long she'll last. Mm. I think, like, Drag Race is so huge and successful. I think the time has come where the show should give the queens their budget for... The costume and everyone That's has equal a good playing idea. Everyone Particularly has equal in the field. UK, since they don't mm. even give them fucking like reward prize, prize at the end. Yeah, yeah they That's feel at least fun there. Yeah, mm. That's a fantastic costumes. idea, actually. Mm. Mm. Um, I was going to say, oh, do, who, do we have any favorite queens at this point? Eleva Day out of drag is so fucking hot. So mm-hmm. I'm going for him. I'm too, it's too hard for me to remember names this early on. It'll take me to like oh, about episode and, eight, then I'll remember. And Chorizo, Chorizo, the um, oh, Spanish queen. Chorizo, yeah. 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 Um, her personality is. I really amazing. enjoy her. And I, I really like the looks she's been serving as well. So, mm-hmm. who's the queen that's won the first two challenges? Is only fucking 19. Uh, Crystal oh. Fasacci. Yeah. yeah. She, uh, like, that whole thing at the beginning of the second episode where she just, like, said all oh. those mean things to everyone. Yeah. It was just great television. Like, yeah. she's terrible, but that was great mm. television. How do you feel about there was, like, uh, trying to, to to pull some of that back afterwards? Mm. Like, got the sense that she'd gone too far and needed to, like, undo some of the damage that she'd done. There was a big discussion about, like, with um, Victoria Scone, am I getting that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. About... Um, like her problems with her weight and her, you know, all that sort of stuff. And that opened a huge conversation inside the workroom about just, mm. you know, like mm. all the shit they've all gone through because body image and, yeah. and stuff like that. Mm. I, I actually that love, I love that conversation. I, I actually, did too. I, thought I actually really, got yeah. a bit emotional watching it. I thought it was, it was really, really lovely. I Steph made the point. I said that was like, I know we've had these conversations before. There was something about that one that felt a little bit more real. And mm-hmm. we were talking about how at, in season two, after they came back from COVID, everyone was a fucking wreck. Like mm-hmm. everyone was crying at every, at the you know, every runway look when they're getting critiques, they'd have a story about what was going on. They all felt they're all in tears. I feel like some of that has transferred into season three because it's not like it's gone anywhere. <laughs> COVID's still yeah. around in the UK like, too. Because Teresa was crying about, obviously, because her part, Nah, isn't there at the moment. And just like yes. being hugged was really nice. And I was like, yeah. oh, fuck. Yeah, mm. that's a really difficult situation. Before mm. we move on from Drag Race UK, mm-hmm. I just want to say one last thing because I've now finished watching season two as well. Mm-hmm. Bimini was absolutely fucking robbed. 
in yes, season two. I 100% agree you. with that. Mm-hmm. And I want to emphatically say, I actually am a really big fan of Michelle Visage. <laughs> and I, it turns out, <laughs> I really, really like her. I've totally I told come back. you. I told, yeah. told you that would happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think she's she, actually She evolves great. as a character as we move through 100%, the show. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, so the other show I wanted to just mention quickly is uh, the new season of Too Hot to Handle has dropped on Netflix. So this time it's Too Hot to Handle Latino. So they've got people from Spain, Mexico, Argentina all mixed together. Um, this is probably the hottest season yet in terms of like the hotness of the cast. Mm-hmm. Even compared um, to Brazil? Brazi- uh, yeah, they're hotter than Brazil. <laughs> but Whoa, but not as horny as Brazil. <laughs> They're not as hot. Or actually, okay. sorry. So the problem with Too Hot to Handle Latino is mm-hmm. so in in every season of Too Hot to Handle that on the first day they don't tell them they're on Too Hot to Handle. They just think they're on a normal show. Yeah. So there's no rules on the first day. And in every other show, people have been like, "Oh, I want to fuck him. I want to fuck her," but they don't actually do it. But in Too Hot to Handle Latino. They all fuck on the first night. They're all like, so the room is, they all share one room and mm-hmm. there's like a shot where there's like four beds next to each other and everyone's fucking. Um, so I, I think like. Imagine being the one the... person in that room who wasn't in the mood and just be like, I'm in <laughs> well, a fucking Well, that's it. Nightmare. There is one couple that yeah. didn't fuck on that first night and then they're like super regret it the next day. Aww. But um. Like, because they all fucked so early on, it takes some of the tension out. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I'm about three or four episodes in at the moment, and now they're starting to get horny again, so now they're starting to get angry. <laughs> so it's good. Uh, yeah. Excellent. Um, the balls are getting bluer by the second. So, yeah. Brazilian, uh, so the Brazilian season definitely had a lot more drama up front, and everyone was just at each other's throats the whole time. This is a sexier season, but not so much of that. But definitely still entertaining. I, I, I fucking love this franchise. <laughs> I can tell. I can tell. <laughs> mm, um, it, does Taskmaster count as reality television? I yeah, mean, of course. Okay, yeah. sweet. Uh, for reality check, I'll just <laughs> yeah. slide in here quickly. Taskmaster Season 12, the UK version, the OG version has started. Um, don't ask me how I'm watching it. Uh, it with the new contestants, Alan Davies, uh, Desiree Birch, Gaz Khan, Morgana Robinson, and Victoria Curran Mitchell. I am very much enjoying it so far. I think we're two or three episodes into the new season and it's great. Um, if you love Taskmaster, this is just mm. another great season. I think my favorite contestant so far is Morgana Robinson, who I'd never seen before, and is I I expected Victoria Curran Mitchell to maybe do better because she's obviously a very intelligent lady, but sometimes that like being book smart does not make you suited for like a Taskmaster situation. Yeah. Um, and Morgana seems to have the right sort of like lateral thinking brain for this show and she's i'm really 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 enjoying it so far and um uh i think it's guz khan i'm i think he's a really really fun contestant as well because he is got that sort of like he takes it very seriously and he has sort of that just on the edge of mad mad um <laughs> reaction to everything which is mm-hmm. very fun when you put it next to alex horn like you have that Kind of bullying mentality next to Alex always works, I think. Yeah. Nice. Have you been watching that as well? No, I haven't watched that yet. Okay. I, I kind of 
want to wait until it's completed and then I'll binge it. It I is think. a fun show to binge, absolutely. Yeah. Have you been, have you watched Taskmaster Paul? I've never watched it. Oh my god. Would I would I enjoy it? I don't I don't do you watch do you like British panel shows at all or game shows? Um I mean I don't religiously watch them, but if I watch them I don't dislike them, I guess. I think you would. What's Mm. the what season should Paul watch? Well, Uh, you remember the seasons better than I I think I season ten's my favourite, but that is a contentious position to hold. (laughs) So when I uh, was watching Ted Lasso, in one of the episodes, there's the character of Sassy, which is the the club owner's best friend that comes to visit them. Yes, uh, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Um, and I'm like, I know her from somewhere. And then I was checking her IMDb and she apparently was in Taskmaster at some point because that's on her IMDb. But I did notice... That uh, sorry, I did remember that she was the host of another reality show I used to fucking love um, from the UK called Snog Marry Avoid. Did you guys ever watch that? I think I have seen that <laughs> no. like show up on like free to wear at some stage really late. No, I can't remember. Yeah, it was a show where they'd get like people that are really bad at like doing their makeup. Oh and, yes, I yeah. have seen that. And then yeah. they'd get people on the street. On the street, say, yes. Would yeah. you like snog Mary, avoid them, and then give them make unders? <laughs> um, and she hosted that show for like five years. Um, that was sassy. Yeah, that was sassy. But apparently, she was on Taskmaster. Um, oh, it's been twelve seasons, and I haven't watched it in a while. But sure. I'm Maybe sure I probably. Maybe I can watch her season. <laughs> Maybe that would be a good, place good to start. idea. Let's start. Yeah. It's like it's definitely a show that like I think it's good from the start, but by like season they start doing the ten episode seasons. It's really found its footing. So just jump anywhere around there. I think you'll be having a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. I I think you'll have. I think you'll enjoy it. There's not much to assess. It's just a very funny, silly show. Yeah. What uh, streaming services are on? Um, I think most of it at the moment. Is on YouTube. <laughs> there's, okay. there's a couple of seasons, I think, on, on binge. Foxtel and binge, yeah. yeah. Uh, they okay. did, I think at different times, they've had seasons on SBS as well. I don't know if they've got any up at the moment. I don't think they're up at the moment, but there's, I think, at least two on binge. There you, at the go. Moment. There yeah. you go. Did you have anything for reality check, Damask? I do, actually. Um, I haven't really been watching anything but reality TV <laughs> when I've had a chance this past <laughs> week. Um, so, big news in Real Housewives world, particularly Real Housewives of Atlanta. My favourite housewife of all time, um, the wonderful Portia, has decided to leave Real Housewives of Atlanta. Oh, my Which goodness. is, yeah, um, send me your condolences. You can send me chocolates or flowers, <laughs> whatever you'd like. Uh, yeah, well, I've always said that Portia's character arc is one of the best in reality TV, if not just television in general. She started as this kind of subservient, housewife probably got married too young to a man who seemed at least emotionally abusive she's quite ignorant um sex negative like really judgmental not a great person um went through a horrible divorce became a very funny fabulous single lady became very politically active um she was you know arrested I'm pretty sure multiple times um obviously during the Black Lives Matter, when all of that stuff was happening. She was fully involved in that. Um, she became a really great voice for her community. She just became like an amazing person, which obviously doesn't mesh with Real Housewives. <laughs> and so she's made the very smart decision to leave. So it's sad, sad for me, sad for the viewers of Real Housewives of Atlanta, but probably a good life choice for her. Yeah. She's too good for it Actual now, growth. Which is, yeah, which is valid. 
she started on it when she's pretty young, so it's and she's got a kid now, so I think it's probably the right decision. The other bit of news is I've been watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Um, this is one of the best seasons that this franchise has had in years Is and this years. the one that's like a true crime show at the same time? Yep. Well, funny, funnily enough, there's two franchises on at the moment, both which have like full-on true crime stuff happening. But mm, yes, Beverly Hills... That's suspicious to me. I don't know. I, I doubt the producers are working with the FBI. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's um, So, Beverly Hills is the finale aired today or last night uh, in America which means we have a four-part reunion coming. That means we will have reunion shows for four weeks. Oh, my goodness. Which is insane. I think it's only ever happened once before. It might have been Jersey or something. But there's a lot to dissect there with Erica Girardi's um, did she know that her husband was stealing money from plane crash victims and Mm. orphans? Let's find out. Um, so there's a lot to discuss there. So I'm really looking forward to the next four weeks. It feels like Christmas. I love a reunion special, particularly with a very juicy season. And they've dropped the trailer for the reunion specials and it looks amazing. It looks so fucking exciting. I can't believe it. So pretty pumped for that. We've also another Real Housewives one. We've got mm-hmm. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. This is another one where um, mid-season or in the next couple of episodes, one of the housewives is about to go off on – because they always go on trips together. They're about to leave on a trip in a, in a bus. Um, Jen Shah, one of the housewives, gets a call. All of a sudden, she's asking another housewife. She's like, can you turn off my mic, please? I Just please turn off my mic. She takes – her mic off and it's like oh I've got to I've got to go and they're like oh my god are you okay she's like yeah yeah I've just got something to deal with I just really need to go so she drives off fast forward five minutes there's police helicopters <gasps> circling the bus there's all these police come and all the other housewives are like what the fuck's going on Jen Shah is on the run <laughs> oh <laughs> tell me she camera crew she's with obviously, her yeah, she's obviously <laughs> been told that Cops on the way. Yeah, cops on the way. The FBI are on the way, on their way because um, she's been running a giant um, money scam, which she pretty much calls old people and steals their money from them. Oh, my um, God. Yep. So she is now being charged. Um, her assistant, right-hand man, also being charged. I believe he has flipped on her at this point in time to get a better deal. Oh, another great thing about this is that last season you would see Jen Shah and her glam, squ- her glam squad and there was always like one person whose face was blurred. Like, oh, well, clearly that makeup artist in her team didn't want to be on camera, whatever, that's fine. Apparently that person who didn't sign the waiver was an undercover cop who was like Whoa. there gathering information. It's so good. Anyway, that's actually amazing. Yeah, could it's you really tell good. that? Could you tell that she was a piece of shit like before this moment? I mean, she's definitely a psychopath. But did I think she was stealing <laughs> she- money from old people? No. <laughs> she has like serious impulse control issues and seemingly no empathy. Um, so, yeah, this she is, seemed this like is a, my problem. Yes, okay. sort of with these sorts of shows though Mm. is that these people are obviously terrible and I don't necessarily Mm -hmm. think they're all running massive scams like this but they are getting (laughs) money and 
notoriety from being on these shows and being they're not like you could say they're being exploited except they're getting paid a shit ton of money for it like they mm-hmm. end up profiting off the show so while you might point and laugh or you know enjoy the drama of it you're you're also inevitably funding their uh, them them and giving them a bigger profile so boy i feel I'm like sorry i will not sometimes. be not you specifically indicted in this like i'm funding this fucking woman <laughs> who's stealing from old you're people funding terrorism <laughs> oh my you're basically God. the worst person if you guilt me so that i can't watch real housewives i will end my own life bro i cannot Stand reality unless it's reality TV. Don't take it from me. Well, this is where I'd, I'd, I'd love to think there's a contract somewhere in like when these women sign these things or these people mm. in general sign these things. It's like, if you ever turn out to be a massive piece of shit who's broken the law, we can claim all the money you've got from us back. Well, that's I like, doubt that's the case, though. This is like the third time it's, it's happened in which a fucking criminal goes on Real Housewives, flaunts their massive amount of wealth and... The government is looking and being like, hmm, that doesn't make any sense. You shouldn't Mm. have 17 Rolls Royces. Um, (laughs) We should probably start looking a little closer at that. And then they all just end up going to jail. (laughs) If you are a criminal, do not go on Maybe we're helping to bring these people out of the woodwork and get them caught. You might have convinced me that Real Housewives now has value. (laughs) No, to be fair, I'm sure the Gen Sharp investigation was because Salt Lake City's only been on for two years, so I feel like they're probably after her for quite a while. Okay. But um, yeah. I don't. I don't watch any of the Real Housewives shows, but I have seen the meme that's been going around where I guess a woman was one of the housewives was making an excuse for not being somewhere, and oh, this is yes. the excuse she gives. That's I've Erica Girardi. It's so funny. Yeah. It's so, so funny. This. This, this is. All in one sentence, pretty much, she says. Mm. Tom's house was broken into and he confronted the burglar and then had to go have eye surgery. And then my son had to go over and help. And then my son, he rolled his car five times on the way home. Yeah, I'm under a lot of stress. (laughs) (laughs) This is like, it's been so good. So that's Erica Girardi, who's the one whose husband is the famous lawyer who's like stolen all this money from his clients. Um, so she's apparently divorcing him and they don't speak to each other at all. Um, but she's always like coming up with these insane stories to kind of tell you that he's like cognition isn't working. So that's probably why he like, there's all this stuff about like now he has Alzheimer's and like, he Uh didn't know what he was doing, even though he's been doing it for like a decade. Um, (laughs) yeah. So now she does, does this weird thing where she tells like insane stories in a monotone. So all of that was just one long monotone voice. And the woman who's listening to her is just like, wait, what? <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, it's great. It's been I, I really saw, good this season. I saw someone like uh, on a, a video that were having a conversation with someone on Grindr who was trying to make a date with them and then mm. they put that. <laughs> that speech is their excuse for not going in the I day. I think I might have seen that, yeah. It's very good. Uh, do we have anything else for Reality Check? No, I think that's it. All right, winding down Reality Check. You know. Did you have anything else that you wanted to talk about, uh, Damask? Oh, um, I, <laughs> I watched uh, the most amazing 90s action film. I'd actually watched it when I was little and then I was like, you know, I was flicking through Netflix and I was like, oh, I want to watch something really dumb. 
So I put on the Sylvester Stallone action film Daylight. And it's really good. Remind me <laughs> what the plot of Daylight is. So, Sylvester Stallone is some kind of like medical emergency or city emergency guy. Or he used to be. He's retired now. Um, so, what happens is people are driving through, I don't know, one of the tunnels from... What's the tunnel from Manhattan to New Jersey? The Not the New Jersey Turnpike. No, the... Whatever the tunnel is called, they're driving through that. Um, and then some, some bad dudes, uh, not on purpose, but they're, I think they're carting like really explosive chemicals illegally through the tunnel when they shouldn't be. Um, so there's a big explosion in the tunnel. Both entryways to the tunnel collapse. People are stuck in the tunnel. Water's coming in. It's a big thing. And, they, and so Sly gets in the tunnel and has to save everyone. It's very exciting. It made me feel sick. I was so stressed out. It's a solid 90s action film. Sylvester Stallone at its absolute best. It's got the chick who's... What's her name? I was going to say Judge well, Judy. It's not Judge Judy. It's um, <laughs> Judging Amy. You know that chick? Uh, I don't know her name, but she's... City... No, oh, she's in um, left, The Leftovers as well. Uh, anyway, she's in it. It's very good. There's, you know, there's got the classic disaster stuff. There's, you know, the old couple that you kind of have to help out. There's the the young child that just screams the whole time. You want to slap the shit out of them. <laughs> there's it like the self-righteous Karen is there. Like all that kind of tropey stuff. It's, yeah, it's really good. I had a great time. So if you want to go old school, watch a 90s action film. Where'd you watch this? Daylight. It was on Netflix. Oh, Netflix. Nice. Yeah, it was really good. Anything else you've been watching? Yes. I've been watching a show on Stan in Australia. I don't know where it is internationally. Google it. Um, it's called Hitmen. It has... Hitmen. Hitmen. Mm-hmm. It has the two women. I didn't... I should have looked up their names. I didn't. But they used to host the Great British Bake Off together. Right. So, they're oh, two yeah. older middle-aged comedians um, and they play Hitmen. Um, and the show, it's it's quite a small show, I guess, in terms of scope. So, obviously, they go out and do jobs, um, go out and kill people. But really, the show is just them having conversations while they happen to also be killing people. Mm. It's very good. It's very, very funny. It's really easy to watch. It's, I was, I'd watch it in the evening, like just before bed. Like it was nice to watch female friendship. They're very odd characters. They're also killing people, which adds an element of humor. It's good. There's two seasons out now. So watch Hitman on Stan. Cool. Uh, it's the Lincoln Tunnel was the tunnel. The Lincoln Tunnel. Thank there you. There you go. Uh, anything else? That's it from me. Paul, did you have anything else? No. Very quickly, I'm just going to mention that I did watch The Invisible Man starring uh, Old Mate from Mad Men What's and from Handmaid's Tale. Ah, oh, blah, blah, blah. I can't remember. Scientology. Yeah, that <laughs> one. Elizabeth something? No. Elizabeth yeah. Moss. Moss. Elizabeth yes. Moss. We got there, guys. Um, I only bring it up very quick, geez. It's getting late and we still got a review to do. Uh, I've been, well, I watched that recently. We watched, mm-hmm. we're looking for more horror after watching the Fear Street trilogy and The Invisible Man is legit. Like, that's a legit mm. good mm-hmm. uh, horror film. We had a really, really good time with it. Highly recommend. I'm not going to say anything more than that. Did I tell you that to, I screamed I, I in that? Can. You can yeah. hear it. What did you say, Damask? I screamed in that, and then I believe I headbutted Angela while she was sitting next to me. I was so scared. <laughs> That's an endorsement. You headbutt <laughs> your girlfriend in fear. Yeah. Let's get to our review of What If Season 1. Let me clue you in. 
season in review. What If is an American animated anthology series created by A.C. Bradley for Disney Plus based on the Marvel comic series of the same name. It's the fourth MCU show released this year and the Marvel Studios' first animated series. The series explores alternate timelines in the multiverse that show what would happen if major moments from the MCU films occurred differently. Jeffrey Wright stars as The Watcher, an interdimensional being who narrates the series, alongside many MCU film actors reprising their roles. What If Season 1 premiered on Disney Plus on August 11th, 2021, and consists of nine episodes, each coming in around 34 minutes, and took us approximately five hours and ten minutes to watch. A second season of What If has been confirmed and could arrive as early as 2022. So before we get to our very loosey-goosey review, our mini-review, you might say, of What If, uh, what are your feelings towards Marvel, the MCU, and the first three Disney Plus shows, Damask? Because our listeners don't know this yet, obviously. Yeah, I was just about to say, I refuse to answer that. It's just a waste of time. They should know. She loves them. to you, Paul. She generally likes it a lot. <laughs> yeah, I oh. like them. Um, yeah, I, I would say I'm pretty close to you guys. I uh, I haven't read any of the comics, but mm. I really enjoy most of the movies. Uh, I've watched every single movie and I've watched every single show mm-hmm. um, up to this point, and I generally enjoy them quite a bit. Favorite movie from the series so far? Oh, probably. Maybe Thor Ragnarok would have mm, to be up there. Good choice. Um, I really enjoyed. Uh, I know you. I don't think I've even watched them. But I really enjoyed the second Ant Man movie. Um, I, I really go. That one. It's fun. Yeah, I watched half of it. Yeah, I I really like the comedic kind of more interesting ones. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the fun the, romps. The, the the fun ones that kind of try to do something a bit different um, are the ones I usually end up appreciating a bit more. Sure. Uh, and what did you think about the show so far? Uh, what do we have? WandaVision, um, Falcon and the Witcher Soldier, and Loki. WandaVision, I enjoyed quite a bit, even though the last episode was a bit underwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, Falcon the Winter Soldier, I thought was pretty darn average. Mm-hmm. I hated all the action in it. And like, yeah, it, it tried to do too much. Um, and Loki, I loved. I concur. Big fan of the MCU. Uh, loved WandaVision. Found Falcon the Winter Soldier to be pretty meh. And really, really, really loved Loki. Really loved Loki. With all that in mind, Paul, could you please give us your review for What If Season 1? What if you took the medium of fan fiction, but you put a whole bunch of constraints on it? Like no sexy stuff and really short <laughs> run times that force you to rush through story. And then you presented it with stiff robot-like animation. Mm. You get a show that I struggle to stay awake through every week. Mm. That's my review. Beautiful. Beautiful. That is a mini review. I like it, Damascus. Yeah. I haven't written anything. Um, I started watching this show and was incredibly bored. <laughs> I thought the animation was disgusting. disgusting. <laughs> wow. I hated it. Um, but then Broad made me keep watching it for this thing. And at the end, I was like, oh, that wasn't so bad. <laughs> That's my review. <laughs> Wonderful review. Um, I just generally thought it was fine. I thought it was a fun enough distraction, neither particularly great nor offensive. At their worst, they're forgettable. And at their best, they're a bit of fun, I guess. Mm. Um, I do agree, though. Like, 
the biggest sin I think this show has is that pro- with the other three shows and even Falcon and the Winter Soldier to some degree, I was looking forward to like watching the next installment every week. Because at least Falcon the Winter Soldier would leave me somewhere and be going like, oh, I wonder what happens next. I hope to it some gets degree. good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe I hope it gets good. But you could see like there were parts of that that were working that made me go, well, I look forward to the next episode to hopefully see more of that. Um, whereas WandaVision and, and um, Loki, I was in for the ride. Couldn't wait for the next episode of that. Um, so, yeah, with What If, some cool ideas... But the problem is that no story lasts long enough to really be explored beyond the very surface level of that idea. Mm-hmm. It relies completely on you having preconceived ideas on every single one of these characters and every situation they're being put into um, because it all revolves around pre-established stuff for the most part. Even when they mix things up, they're just mixing up elements that you already recognize and going... I know that's in the title, what if, but it like, mm. it just, because it's not substantial in doing that, it can only be so good. Um, I think it was, it was impressive to have a lot of the live action performers reprise their roles in the voice cast, but a lot of them weren't particularly good. I think the best mm. ones were probably Hayley Atwell as Agent Carter. I thought Chadwick Boseman was excellent and made me like, Really upset that we're never going to see him as Black Panther again. I thought he was great throughout the whole series. And he had multiple episodes that he was in. Mm-hmm. And I actually thought Jeremy Renner wasn't bad when he was Hawkeye <laughs> either. Um, but just about everyone else is pretty forgettable. Like there was... Who plays um, the Collector? Uh, what's that actor's name? Benicio Totoro. Yeah, he was unrecognizable. And yet he was... Like he wasn't not playing the Collector. I don't know who he was. And Wait, that was what? actually him. Yeah. I thought it was someone else playing the Collector. That's how much... He just didn't make sense. Like, he, it was him reprising the role and you couldn't oh. tell. Yeah. Uh, I thought the animation was good when it was doing big action. Like, some of the... Uh, especially in the last couple of episodes, actually. When they did, like, at last three episodes, even. Big, bombastic, Dragon Ball Z-like action. And they were having a bit of fun with it in an anime way. And they could do big, like, almost like murals sometimes. That was pretty good. In the first episode, the Agent Carter one, they were doing some stuff with the camera and like following her, like going into a plane and being the shit out of a pilot and then zipping out of the plane all in one shot. And I was like, you can't really do that in a live action setting. And they made that look really cool. But when they were doing like facial animation, it looked dumb. Ugh. Like it just didn't work. The, Awful. the characters, the character models and animation were just terrible. Like they always look stiff. Yeah. The character mm-hmm. designs were mostly terrible. All like especially with the female characters for some reason. Yes, they agreed. all female agreed, yeah. The female characters do not they look like um you remember you used to get like colouring in books of mm-hmm. live action movies sometimes and they just look like like a generic they've, woman. They've got the problem that yeah. Disney and Pixar films have when they do women, when they all have the same face. They're all just mm. like big eyes, pouty lips, and a roundish face. And like mm. all of them look the same, basically. They just plaster it. Like Rapunzel and Elsa, you could, mm. like, apart from Elsa's eye makeup, you could probably just be the same va- face, basically. And that's a yeah. real problem they have where they don't actually give. I know, well, that's the problem, though, right? Because they're basing them on real actresses a lot of the time it's weird they couldn't do more to make them seem like themselves yeah Pe- like Rachel maybe they weren't look any nothing features like nothing like her nothing yeah, like, like her. they were featureless they yeah, yeah they, they had like- noses and like an outline of a mouth but they didn't actually have any details in the face the only and one I who th- did was dr strange agent carter i th- and captain carter i thought looked like Hayley atwell enough most of that was that she has a distinctive no. hairstyle 
But that she was did. about the only f- I thought I thought that was but that was the only one I would say was passable. I reckon I hundred percent agree with you the rest of them. Like Yeah. And I all- think that is made a huge detriment to the show because as you said, the show really relies on you being attached to these characters from the live yeah. action movies. But because there was such a disconnect to how they looked and some of them how they sounded, I wasn't associating my like emotions mm. to those live action characters. Mm. So it had that extra level of disconnect that this story has nothing to do with the main plot of the mm-hmm. MCU. Plus these characters are people I don't recognize or care about. So therefore I'm being put to sleep right now. Like I just did not give a fuck about 90% of what was going in in this show. The mm. other one that looked nothing like her really looked nothing like her was Carol Danvers. Didn't look nothing, lo- nothing like Brie Larson. Like, not even not close. No. Um, it did, the series did eventually build to something that was a little more than just an anthology, but what it does, it doesn't do a whole lot with, really. Mm. I think the upside for this show, now that we're getting another season, is there is plenty of room for it to go further. But otherwise, it was kind of meh. What would you score uh, What If out of five stars, Paul? I would give it two. Damask? Uh, uh, I don't know. What are you going to give it? I can't think. I'm, I'm going to give it a three, which is like decent. And I think it is decent. I'm going to give it two and a half then. Beautiful. Five. We'll average yeah, out right, right smack bang in the middle. <laughs> yeah. But that's the problem with it. It's like, uh, it's not one of those shows I'm going to go back to. I, I don't think there's even an episode that I enjoyed enough to go, I can't wait to watch that one day on a rainy day and what, re-explore mm-hmm. that episode. Um, but I also am not offended by it. I'm just like, okay, it exists. It was frivolous. Mm. Let's I move on. I think there are but- some people that will think it's really cool because they just want to see, you know, the what if. But in terms of like, I love Marvel because I'm attached to the characters. That's and I And I like the, the idea that they could be in different scenarios, but there's just... Nothing there for someone like me to hold on to that I'm, I'm not going to go back to it. I think the thing is with this show is that, you know, Disney have kind of made a statement by putting it in the same time slot, essentially, with its Wednesday night drops as Loki and Falcon the Winter Soldier and WandaVision. So that's them making a statement. This show should be seen on the same level as all the other MCU yeah. content. Like... Whereas, like, there are a lot of Saturday morning cartoon-style Marvel shows and even a lot that are on Disney+. Plus. So mm. why should we kind of look at this any differently from them? I guess the involvement of the voice cast from the mm. original movies kind of separates it in that there way. There was money but... spent on it, so they want to make it feel prestigious because of that. It's like when you get yeah. Chris Hemsworth being Thor and you get... Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch being Doctor Strange, you want to make sure that money was well spent by getting people's eyeballs on it, basically. But mm. I agree with you. The, basically, at the same time this was out, Disney released that Star Wars Visions, essentially anthology of short Star Wars films that are all anime um, style. And I haven't actually watched those yet, but they all just released it once. They're there for you to watch. And... I feel like that's what they should have done with this show. One of the biggest Mm. problems they have is they've actually said this show is canon. And it's canon because the multiverse has been introduced into Mm -hmm. the MCU. And I don't want to spoil it for people, but I can't imagine anyone's gotten this far and is watching this show and cares about it if they don't know how the multiverse has been introduced. But Mm -hmm. like 
now that the multiverse is there and they can say that makes this canon, it means that it, it means it is essential. Like we should be paying attention to this because it might matter to the overall story. And if they just said it's disconnected, it's never going to intersect with the other stuff. If you want it to be canon because it's in the multiverse, sure, but it let's just pretend they're, they're, they are side characters. It's a side story that has no impact. Then I don't think I'd be so harsh on it. Mm-hmm. But it, but they said it's canon. They said it's that makes it important, and therefore you have to bring the goods. And they didn't. I don't think. And I think you're exactly right as to what that problem is, Damask. The thing that has made the MCU something that I love is not because of the cool action and the costumes and the iconic character and the iconic like comic book characters. It is that they've made me care about those characters and those stories, and I can't care about these characters who are theoretical versions of the ones I love, not the actual ones. And then, and the stories last 30 minutes. Yeah. And it's just usually a weird retelling of a story I already know. Yeah, but particularly I do that already first one, I was like, oh, God, this couldn't be any more boring if you tried. Mm. I'm like, I've watched this movie before. I've, I've watched this movie a lot, actually. Um, <laughs> and yeah. I don't care about this version of it at all. I just, I really think the animation is a giant part of why yeah. this show fails on a fundamental level. And bringing up Star Wars Visions, that's a show with beautiful, like I've seen a couple of episodes of that. Mm. Um, and the first episode does suffer from the same like CGI model 2D hybrid thing that this does. But the second episode is beautiful hand-drawn animation and you just it just brings so much more to it it brings so much more warmth and a humanity to the characters that this animation style does not have and like if you look at shows on disney plus from the 90s like something like gargoyles a a superhero show that was hand-drawn and that show still works now because of that like that animation style just works so much better and that was something they could achieve on their budgets in the 90s why couldn't this show have better animation i just don't get it you're now entering the spoiler zone spoiler warning from here on we'll be talking about everything that happens in what if season one if you've not watched all of what if up to this point proceed with caution there are spoilers ahead you have been warned oh shit i forgot to like include myself you you can do it now if you want just add it in you have been warned (laughs) (laughs) beautiful Deep dive. It's cool to know other people think about this stuff too. What would you like, guys like to talk about in the spoiler section? I was trying to think, like, what was interesting enough to talk about? <laughs> um, you can say oh, nothing. I mean, I like. I think the watcher looks really cute with his giant baby head. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he looked adorable. Um, I kind of just want to end the spoiler section there and just like go straight into the, the final thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'd be happy to, sure. Yeah. Do you have anything? Well, I don't know. We could talk about we could talk about the episodes one by one, but I just don't no. think there's that much to talk about. I don't about want to waste that any much time. of them. No. Agent Carter became Captain Carter. Should we just say and- yay or nay to the episodes? <laughs> okay, sure. Let's start with the first one. Uh I don't remember what it's called, but episode one, what if Peggy Carter became Captain Carter? Nay. nay. That was the worst one. Yeah, that, that was, was the worst super one. boring. Definitely the worst one because it, it skewed closest to the original movie, as Damas was saying. So it just yeah, felt yeah, like yeah. a very bri- like super condensed rehash with yeah. no nuance to it. 
Uh, what about what if T'Challa became uh, Ravager? Again, these aren't the actual titles. Is me remembering them in order. Um, nay, kind I thought this. Of... Yay, I enjoyed but... this one f- j- mostly because I probably just out of pure like saccharin. I just was happy to hear Chadwick Boseman performing yeah. that role again, and also, uh, yeah, no, that was the main reason. <laughs> it was also terrible that like, what's his face stole that- him. Oh, and yeah. then, like, Yondu his stole poor, him, yeah. yeah, his poor dad had been looking for him the whole fucking time. Like, you just wouldn't forgive that. Mm. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that didn't make any sense at all. Yeah, and I how mean, about Charlie Thanos? Chose not to go back. Did you enjoy Thanos's like being well, good or whatever? I um, did actually Josh, enjoy that. <laughs> and Josh Brolin really seemed to like get into the role too. He was one of the better voice performances too. Like, he'd been he he. I think he enjoyed playing like a good Thanos. And I enjoyed him enjoying that, I guess, to some degree. I, I saw a lot of people on Twitter get really upset that the show used genocide as a punchline. Yeah, I kind of felt the same way, actually. <laughs> it was weird how they were making a joke out of that, yes. I didn't oh, what? Now we can't even joke about genocide? It's gone too far, this woke culture. Dave Chappelle was right. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> What if the world lost its mightiest heroes? Episode three. I can barely remember this episode. The, uh, this was my favorite one. Oh, it's my one least is it? favorite. What is it? What it's happened? The this... one where Ant Man or Hank Pym ended up killing all of the Avengers before they became the Avengers. And that was it. I don't even really remember that. It, we found <laughs> out. Oh, and the it end. was all about hope or something. Well, yeah, because hope died on when she was on a mission for no. Nick Fury that never happened in the original canon. So I was like, I don't give a shit. I could never have guessed that Hank Pym was going to be the guy that did it. You know what I mean? Um, I enjoyed all the deaths of the characters. Like, I enjoyed oh, seeing the right. whole blow yeah, up yeah. and Natasha stuff. Yeah, Natasha was and... going around trying to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Nah, that's a nay from me. Uh, it was a massive nay from me. That was the one. It was after the episode, I stopped watching week to week, basically, and <laughs> caught up later. I was just <laughs> like, oh, I don't think this show's for me. Uh, what if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands? Yay. Okay. I'm going to give yay. it a yay. I, had, I, I originally fell asleep ones. when I watched it, but I think I was really tired. So I rewatched uh, the part I fell asleep in the other day. And it is, at least it was doing something different and interesting. Mm. Well, it's about the most, I think, was that it was very character centric. Like it really mm. was exploring, like, in this scenario, what would Stephen Strange do? And the thing was, as well, it wasn't like this outlandish. Like, what if T'Challa became a Ravenger, which is sort of so so outside the realm of what we know about T'Challa as Black Panther. But, like, in this, um, I do believe Stephen Strange could be a bad guy. I think he's sort of ro- he's, he's a grey character already. He's very arrogant. He's, like, he is capable of doing things that maybe are misguided. And so the idea that he could go down a darker path and become this sort of evil sorcerer supreme kind of worked for me. And I, I really liked that episode. I also liked that. I guess I don't feel like I really know Doctor Strange very well. Like I didn't mm-hmm. enjoy the film. I didn't really enjoy the character. This is the first time I've actually got to spend time <laughs> with the character and enjoyed the story. So for that, it, it worked for me. I felt like I was coming to some kind of understanding about him that perhaps I didn't have before. It also was what made it more interesting as a what if, or like if we're going to do this what if like anthology series, making them sort of more like a Twilight Zone scenario. 
mm-hmm. which this seemed to like explore this thought from beginning to end. Whereas like with the T'Challa one, we kind of just dropped down this one mission and then sort of tried to wrap it up at the end. And it was, and the Peggy Carter one was just, just replay the first Avenger, but with Peggy Carter instead. Of, like this mm-hmm. was just a much more interesting concept. It was kind of Doctor Who-ish or Twilight Zone. And that made it more fun for me as well. Uh, what if zombies? No, I'm going to give it a yay. I I thought it was fun. It was it was like inconsequential and it didn't mm. make a whole lot of sense, but it was fun seeing like zombies. It was just leaning of the characters. It was leaning into the fun. Mm-hmm. Um, like it was probably the most fan servicey of episodes. Was like, what if Tony Stark was a zombie, and what about this zombie Scarlet Witch? And I kind of just. If you're going to do it, just do it, I guess. And it just did that unabashedly, and it was just fun. It wasn't meant to be taken seriously, and I kind of respect it enough for that. Um, but there was nothing else to be gained from it whatsoever. What if Killmonger rescued Tony Stark? Nay, I, I'm 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 sort of I'm sort of yay. More that this had a concept that I like, like the idea of Killmonger approaching his mission from Black Panther in a completely different way and succeeding, essentially, Mm. because he was a very sympathetic villain, one of the most sympathetic villains in the MCU. To see him sort of go all the way with it um, was interesting to me, but it it suffers, like all the episodes do, of being 35 minutes long and Mm. not having... not being able to do the thing that the two-and-a-half-hour Black Panther movie did on any level, basically. Mm. Damask? I think I'm a yay on this one. Yeah, but I don't have anything more to say than that. <laughs> did you have any? Did you want to elaborate on your nay at all there, Paul? Uh, this is one I definitely fell asleep in. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> uh, what if Thor were an only child? Uh, I'm going to give it a yay because I, I liked um, how thirsty everyone was for Thor. Yeah, I appreciate mm-hmm. that. And that's mm-hmm. pretty much it. <laughs> I liked big ice giant Loki. I thought that was cute. I liked the very Dragon Ball Z-esque fight between Thor and Captain Cap- Marvel. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm giving a yay for that. It took up a fair chunk of the episode, just them like going out to a desert and beating the shit of each other with Super Saiyan powers. Like I had a pretty good time with that. But on any other level, like that's mm-hmm. it. It's totally just that. That gloss on top. That's mm. it. And that, like, the character design looked nothing like Chris Hemsworth at all. Mm. No, mm. but I thought he was doing a good job as a vo- with the voice stuff. He yeah, always he has was. fun, though. He's he he's just good at like having life. fun with what he's given to him. He's just good. <laughs> you know what? He is just good at life. Uh, I'm worried he's an anti-vaxxer, though. I'm not sure. Um, don't. Put I don't that know. Out he lives in Byron Bay. I don't know. You can't um, say that. <laughs> Get out of here. Can I? What no. if Ultron Ultron won? Episode eight. I'm going to give this a yay. This is when mm. the show was started to get interesting in terms of like... It started to... You, yeah, it made you think that there's consequences for things. Totally. I think this was one of my favorite episodes, I think. It's a yay from me because it made it seem like maybe there was going to be a point to this show existing at all. Yeah. Mm. It just made me go, I agree. I was like, oh, finally, oh, there was a point to this. But I was like, I wish there was like a thread of this in every episode so I knew that I wasn't just wasting my time. Yeah, they kind of hinted at it um, in a Thor episode when Ultron showed up 
at the very very end. Then we well, cut yeah, back to obviously, that but that's in, pretty in much the last one. Yeah, I I also very much just liked. I really like the design of like this ultimate Ultron where he got Vision's body and he's wearing the Ultron sort of classic thing as a suit. He's holding a fucking lance for some reason. <laughs> like I just enjoyed that aesthetic quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, when it when he won and is just wiping out like all these locales that we know and then you get to the bit where he's having the fight with the Watcher and they're like moving between different realities, including one where Steve Rogers became the president of the United States. Like... That was having that was then starting to go. Now, how do we play with these toys in a more fun way than just here's a thirty five minute weird version of a of a story? You know, mm-hmm. um, that if there's more of that kind of stuff in season two, I'm definitely going to have a better time with the second season. Mm-hmm. Uh, what if the Watcher broke his oath? Final episode. I'm going to give it a nay because it it kind of stopped doing interesting things and then mm. it just became everyone mm. shooting lasers at each other as mm-hmm. as fucking they always fucking do. <laughs> yeah. And then the whole thing of like, oh, of course my machine didn't work. I was just like, fuck off then. Why was Gamora there? Absolutely fucking useless anyway. Oh, that pissed me off. Yeah. The one storyline, the one character we didn't see from a previous storyline, what the fuck was that about? Yeah, I was going to know. Did that episode get cut? Like, what happened? It um, might have, actually. But the which, but it's frustrating just because, actually, I think there was, uh, there might have been an issue that they did cut an episode from memory now. There was meant to be 10 and they had to cut one for COVID reasons, possibly. It must have been the Gamora episode. So, hopefully, we see that at the start of next season. Um but it was frustrating because I actually think Gamora is a character who could really do with more explanation, exploration in the MCU and yeah. getting to spend some time with her might actually serve the Gamora that we know in the MCU some more. She's sort of underserved and is relatively important. So to, to spend some time with her could be really good. So I was, pretty, I was more than just pissed off we didn't see that. But yeah, the last episode, I, I enjoyed it on a big avengers action level to some degree. Um, but yeah, it really set up some good possibilities in episode eight and then did fuck all with them in episode nine, mm. basically. Yeah. Any last words? Final thoughts. That's why you always leave a note. Does anyone have any side notes? No. No. Me either. What's your least favorite and favorite episode? Paul, what was your least favorite episode? Least favorite episode was episode one, the Piggy Carter one. Mm. It was mm-hmm. just, it was just fucking boring, um, and it felt like it went for like an hour and a half, even though it was only thirty five minutes, but also felt too quick. I don't know how it managed to do that. <laughs> it wasn't long uh, enough, and it, it was way too long time. at the same time. Um, and I'm going to give the best episode to. Yeah, the one where everyone was getting assassinated. I don't know, you guys didn't Episode like three, it. what yeah. if the world lost its Myers heroes? Okay. Yeah. For some reason, that one made me the least sleepy. <laughs> That's how we review these <laughs> things. Yeah, nice. like what it. didn't put me into a coma? Mm-hmm. Damask, what was your least favorite of favorite episodes? Um, least favorite is definitely the first one, Peggy Carter, because I was like, oh no, this show's fucking shit and I don't want to watch any more of it. And I didn't for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but... The most engaged I was was definitely the Doctor Strange episode. I was like, I'm so into this. I'm how far are we pushing this one? Okay. Ooh, where are we going? And then the sure. sad, really tragic ending. Good lord. Yeah. When he's in that little prism. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, that and yeah, that's what I enjoyed about it too. It kind of did have a real 
tragic ending that one as well mm. that felt like consequential to that character at least uh my least favorite episode was episode three what if the world lost its money's heroes who would have thought that something that paul loves i don't uh my <laughs> favorite episode i think i'm gonna go i could have been the doctor strange one i'm gonna go with episode eight what if ultron one because i think it represents what i hope the show does more of if it's gonna have a season two like mm. if you're gonna if you're gonna break the rules, do it more often than just your season finale. Basically, like mm. make that the premise of the show. Make the Watcher, who's the one consistent through line, a character who is actually involved and has some agency and a personality um, and a personality. Well, I did think they gave him some personality towards the end. He would make weird jokes and say things like, you know, react to the situation. Mm. And have some fear and have some confusion. Like there was something there. It wasn't a lot, but um, but that was starting to yeah make him a bit more distinct. Do we have any thoughts, feelings, uh, predictions for season two? Requests. First, I'd just like to say you you incorrectly said that I love to describe. Sorry, sorry. Loved. I don't want to say I loved anything <laughs> about this show. Like. Some of the episodes of this show I watched and didn't hate. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, my, any requests? Any storylines you'd like to see or characters you'd like to see explored more? What if Thor Fem fucked... slash, please. Yeah, what if Thor fucked Captain America? Yeah, just like make everyone <laughs> fuck cool. each other. Yeah. God damn what it. if the Avengers were super horny? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What if the MCU actually had some sex in it? Yeah, exactly. What if Captain Marvel just finged a finger banged I don't know a whole continent whatever whatever it is just I'll tell you I'll tell you, I'll tell you what the absolute whole continent it's a Rick and Morty I'm pretty sure um, that the, listen you wait long enough and keep you know writing the right prompts into Pornhub those models will get you know somehow found and distributed online and turned into porn I'm sure it's look I've already way. written the script it's ready to go I'm just waiting for the call <laughs> But I want a Disney budget to like yeah. bring this to life. Mm. That's the difference. But not this art style. That's the problem. No. Yeah, exactly. Do you want? To, I you want, want to really beautiful... see those actors' faces when I I'm want them to, writing to... them having sex. <laughs> I want them to resurrect the 2D animation department in the Disney Studios <laughs> specifically to show me Avengers fucking each other. Yeah. Did you say specifically, ironically? Then, like in a Kath and Kim way, as you say, specifically. It's a legitimate way. Specifically. Oh, okay. I swear you said specifically. <laughs> um, the the other option is we can get that deep fake guy um, to just you know put Chris Hemsworth and Chris Evans' faces on existing porn. Is all I'm saying. It's mm. probably extremely illegal, so don't do that. But and yeah. I don't. And but I technology don't, exists. I don't think Disney Plus will put it on. The <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anything we've suggested in this last two or three minutes is going on Disney Plus's service. Oh my god! I think our suggestions show our thoughts on this fucking show. <laughs> it sounds like the more we've talked about this show, the more I think I may have unfortunately tortured you both, and I'm sorry about that. But making sure about, it. but this is why it's a mini review that we're chucking at the end of an off-topic hot topic and not a full review because it definitely couldn't have made. A well, full I, I definitely didn't watch it for you guys as well. I, I watched this show with a friend, and I if I didn't watch it with him, I probably wouldn't have gotten past the first episode. And mm. this is the same friend that I watched The Witcher with, so just putting that out. <laughs> With. I think you yeah. need to start so you announcing TV the with this end person. of the friendship. 
All right, let's wrap it up there. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Off Topic Hot Topic. Uh, I Sorry for anyone who just stuck around for that last 15 or 20 minutes or so as we reviewed uh, What If. Uh, we'll be back next week with our review of Ted Lasso Season 2. I'm very much looking forward to talking about that, even though I haven't seen a single frame of it yet. Uh, thank you, Paul, for coming on to talk the Emmys with us and a lot, lot, lot more than that. No worries. Anytime. And we'll have uh, you back on again one day. Has there been any news on Upload uh, Season 2 when it's coming? Like, that's uh, been I in production for a long time, I feel uh, like. I, I haven't heard anything specifically. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know what we have heard lots of news about is the new season of Emily in Paris. So I think that should that's be That's enough for today. Thanks, Cut Paul, off his mic. Cut show. off his mic. <laughs> Damask, I'll see you next week. Paul's banned from the show. Yeah. Bye for now. Bye. Absolutely. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.